Hey, let's start the show. It's April 23rd, 2015. Welcome to This Is Only Test, the official podcast of Tested.com. I'm Will Smith, seated directly to my left with a delightful space gray MacBook. Norman Chan. It's not champagne. It Thank is. Goodness. That is a lovely, lovely shade. It's a really nice looking laptop. Uh, to your left, Jeremy Williams. Hello. How are you doing, Jeremy? You, you're weird laptop twinsies today. Yeah. Um, how are you doing, sir? I'm doing quite well. Thank you. I'm experiencing a new coffee. Did you go to that new place? Yeah. Do you, are you pro or con? It's delicious. It's, it's, I think it's, it's much better than the old place. Uh, I'm glad you have it. Was there a big giant line or was it? No line. So the only time I've been there, there was a big line, but I think it was no. like coffee Wait. break hour. What at is this? Um, in the building with uh, Airbnb oh. and all that past the burrito place. Eight, where the shootings were. Where eight, the shootings eight, were. Oh my gosh. No. Yes. No shootings today. No shootings today. No. It's uh, where, where Airbnb is. But it's Blue Bottle. Yes. No, it's uh, it's sight glass. Oh, it's sight glass. So it's a closer sight glass. It's, it's about the same distance, I think, but you don't have no, to cross the street. Is full, it's past Folsom. Oh no no! But the place the place that you used to go is a sight yes, glass yeah. as well. Oh, is that also? They also glass? sell you sight glass coffee. Tude. Okay, yeah, that guy's too cool. This new place I like a lot, and they have good donuts. Dynamo, they're the best. Yeah, those are things. They're those from Twenty Fourth Street. Anyone who lives in San Francisco, Twenty Fourth Street, Dynamo Donuts, really amazing. Go the first thing in the morning. You get the apple bacon maple donut. That sounds pretty good. And you are happy. It's so, a very hipster thing to have. That is strips of bacon on it. Uh, crumpled bacon bits. Crumpled bacon is better than strips. Voodoo Donuts is strips. I'm going to go ahead and tell you, <laughs> after eating Blue Star Donuts the last time I was in Portland, I don't ever need to have a Voodoo Donut again. Like, Voodoo Donuts are good. Everybody should go get them once. But those Blue Star Donuts were food unlike... They, they, they were better than food. Mm. And I like food. Mm. So, um, today, a lot of stuff's happened since we spoke last. Um, today's the last episode of This Is Only a Test in a pre-Apple Watch world. Wow. <laughs> Can you see the Nexus coming? Can you see it? I don't think it. I'm sore and I'm going to destroy a sun and and get here faster. I think the day after tomorrow is going to be exactly the same as today. I don't know. J.J. Abrams, Beyonce, they're all living in the future right now. What the hell is up with Beyonce getting a gold? That's the one I wanted is the gold band Apple Watch (laughs) edition. Yep, fucking celebrities, man. They're not just like us. Um, Norm, you guys, you you enjoyed what celebration last weekend? Star Wars. Celebration seven. Celebrate. Was it like um, that kind of celebration? Was there? Was it a party? Uh, I'm sure there was partying at night. Uh, it was a celebration of all things Star Wars. <laughs> Norman heard there might have been party. There might have been partying. I was <laughs> fast asleep by then. Um, what a responsible young lad yep. you are. Yep. Uh, it was in Anaheim, California, uh, where I was there two weeks before, just for WonderCon. And a very different convention than a WonderCon or a uh, than a Comic Con because it's just Star Wars. Really, nothing but Star. Maybe like one percent, like other vintage nostalgia stuff. Um, but like all the costumes were Star Wars or Star Wars inspired variants. Uh, um, in terms of retail space. You know, thirty percent just people selling toys and vintage toys, like old Kenner stuff, old Kenner stuff, old the all the some micro stuff machines. The, yeah, the micro machines definitely had a, had a booth. Uh, there was um, was there Star Wars Lego? 
Lego was there with a big booth. Star Wars Lego. They saw the new, uh, the new UC, uh, not UCS, the new um, Imperial Shuttle, non UCS, which looks fantastic. Wait, hold on. Is it the same size as the old one? It's non UCS, so, so it's, it's more smaller. scaled to. Oh, it's like the example. size of the X Wing scale. Yeah, if you look the at old the X-wing. difference between two X Wings, like uh, you what? It's the Ultimate Collector Series. Oh, so yeah, Lego has two. Uh, for Star Wars, they have the, just the regular stuff you can buy, which are really good. And then if you want to pay a ton of money, they do a UCS line, Ultimate Collector Series line for ships that are just like 2,000, 3,000 pieces. They're wow. massive ones. That's what the stuff we built. Gotcha. Um, so like you, can, you can see if you're watching on the set, R2-D2 is a UCS. The TIE Fighter isn't. The big X-Wing is... The little X-Wing, not so much. And Same thing for the Slave, slave one, one. is not so much. Um, but there um, is a Slave 1 UCS now. That's true. Is there a TIE Fighter UCS coming? I'm getting right to the stuff I really care about. I don't know if there's a TIE Fighter. I, there's got to be one coming. <laughs> uh, bearing the lead because the, the biggest thing was, of course... Uh, J.J. Abrams was wearing the Apple Watch on stage. Yes. <laughs> Lucasfilm. It is an official Lucasfilm convention, even though... It's not owned by Lucasfilm. Uh, the people who run the convention, Reed, uh, run like C2E2, and actually it's organized by fans. So it's very, mm. they make it very true to the, the, the Star Wars fandom, where it's all built by members of the community and run by members of the community, but with some support from, from Lucas. Uh, Lucas Cause, film, cause, like they had George Lucas himself, like J.J. Abrams, Kathleen Kennedy were there. The, mm-hmm. A lot Bob of the cast Iger, was there. The cast, cast um, was there. CEO of Disney was there. That that BB-8 rollout on yep. the big stage at the intro. So the first the oh first day on Thursday morning, there was the opening ceremony, a big presentation by Kathleen Kennedy and J.J. Abrams and the cast members from The Force Awakens. I'm gonna call it episode seven because. I, it's episode seven, and I don't care. If it's, it's not episode seven, Norm. It's episode seven. Nope, nope, nope. They, um, they're not. They don't want to. They don't want to differentiate between the good movies and the movies that may or may not be good. Episode seven. So some people waited in line hours <coughs> overnight to get into this room, and it was the a- Anaheim big amphitheater next to the convention center. Um, massive tens. You know, I don't know if I, maybe several thousand people in this room. Uh, and JJ Abrams unveiled uh, the new. Trailer, the new teaser trailer, second um, teaser trailer, is mm-hmm. that right? Uh, which had a ton of footage. We, on this podcast, won't go super in depth on that trailer. The fan reaction was, it, it was awesome. It was, yeah, it erupted in, in in glee and tears. Um, and then the cast members came up, and then they brought R two D two on stage, and then brought BB eight on stage. So BB eight is the ball robot with an R two D two head on it that we saw in the first teaser. He also makes a little bit of an appearance in the second teaser, but we talked about him a lot. And and I, apparently everybody missed the story where Mark Hamill came out and said, oh, yeah, there's a practical BB-8. I used to drive yeah, him around the set. Thanks, Mark Hamill, for kind of uh, being the one to to give that away. What's wrong with that? Uh, no, nothing oh, wrong with Oh, I think it's it. great. Uh, he gets kind of mentioned casually. Oh, it's great to have that on set. But um, the first teaser, you see him rolling that uh, across the screen. And that one, I think we all agreed, was a, a CG one. But we didn't get a sense in that shot. I don't uh, know that that was a CG that was, one because it was disconnected. The head was disconnected. Oh, it's floating. It doesn't roll that. It fast. doesn't have the metal thing. Yeah, and it okay. can't roll that fast. Uh, Norman's already an expert on BB-8. Well, I've talked to people who yes. may or may not have seen the inside of BB-8. <laughs> okay. So, but Norman, you're saying you know what BB-8 looks like on the inside. Uh, the uh, the BB-8 they had on stage. I'm not going to say any sources from what I've mm-hmm. heard was not the one they used to film the movie. Uh-oh. Ooh. Um, cause the R2 was, they the said R2, that. Yes. And was that a, rumors, that was a fan fan built 
So that was an Archie Builders Club member built Archie. Yeah, right? I think um, Oliver Staples. I want to say his name is. Uh, but he's he's like the UK equivalent of the top. He's one of the top tier R two builders in in Europe, right? right? Is my assumption. That's yes. what Mike Center, or Mike McMaster's. I can't remember who we were talking. Yeah, one, to one of the years all, ago. All of Steeples and uh, Lee uh, <coughs> Towersy um, are the members of the R two D two Builders Club who uh, went to went overseas or from from the UK um, who built the R2s. Um, that's amazing. Like that, that remains an amazing story to yeah. me. Oh but. yeah. I mean, it's like, the, it's like Adam tells a story of the guys who made the adventure built hat and then they did the hats for uh, the last Indiana Jones movie, Wait, hold on, um, which Wait. may or may not exist. Yeah. I was um, say. so, uh, BB eight in, uh, that, tr- uh, that trailer moving quickly, but we don't, didn't get a sense of scale for BB eight. How big was this character? in the trailer in the trailer? Cause right. you think of the, the head, if you look at R2D2's head and they have similar heads. Yep. R2D2 is, is a big dome. Yeah, that, that that aluminum dome. Um, if BB-8 was to scale that, it would be like the size of a it was giant. Um, well, it like wouldn't exercise. Fit, balls. It wouldn't fit through doors. No, and no. and I, I like from the camera angle and the distance to the ground. I I felt like he was pretty small. I didn't. I felt like he he came out bigger than I was expecting him to be. So he is he's small. He's about um I want to say maybe like three feet tall or so. Um, I don't know the exact, exact measurements. Uh, he looked like he was below waist height on most of the people standing yes. on stage. And we did get a chance to go up close with what I believe is the actual shooting model of BB-8, non-moving. Oh, cool. um, Lucasfilm brought costumes and props from the film uh, to show in a display room, kind of like that Game of Thrones exhibit uh, mm-hmm. that we went to in uh, South by Southwest last year, except uh, fewer costumes, but that's it was a perfect amount. They had... Um, is it, it all, all stuff from the new movies or all stuff from the new movies it did reveal some new characters that weren't named, uh, but they had, um, Boyega's a character, Finn wearing a jacket, a uh, nice jacket. They had Kira or I'm sorry, Ray's, uh, costume. Uh, it's uh, Daisy Ridley's costume where she has the goggles. She's the one who gets on that speeder. She has the off. cool, big, tall, fat speeder. She has the, the, the speeder bumper thing, okay. um, with a staff. Uh, really cool costumes. They had the villain unveiled, uh, Kylo Ren, I think is his um, character's name, um, and uh, his lightsaber, the 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 cross hilt. It is a lightsaber. Light, li- oh, did they label it as a lightsaber? Let me see. I have a photo. You had an interesting commentary label. in your video about that, which was it didn't look like it looked a, very hand. A Jedi master had built it. No, it looked like you see the exposed wires. Yeah, like blue wires, and it really looked like. Like very, um, not steampunky, but like, you know, scratch built for I, sure. I mean, that was a lot of the speculation from fans after that first trailer with the cross lightsaber is that, oh, this is a dude who made a lightsaber but doesn't know how to make lightsabers. And that would maybe explain, uh, yeah. going into speculation territory, explain the, the flame bursting nature of, of, that, of that blade, of those three blades that pop out of it. Um, that was 3D printed, actually. Really? It said 3D printed, and I could not see it. It was one of the finest. It was painted. Know, painted yeah. afterward yep. yeah um and then several stormtroopers the new stormtrooper so here was a, a uh, an actual big deal we will go back loop around the bb8 um, joey put your headphones on he, no no <laughs> okay he's, he has headphones okay, on. good um the new stormtrooper armor was unveiled at the show uh on stage they, they had the stormtrooper armor. they actually were replicas so this costume company um, replica costume company Novos, which cosplayers will know, um, they make very high quality, very detailed, licensed, officially licensed costumes from Star Wars, Battlestar Galactica, and also um, Star Trek. They got they work with Lucasfilm and have built out dozens of That's prototypes amazing. already 
of the new Stormtrooper armor and gave it to members of the 501st oh my God. Well, that, to wear and walk around Star Wars Celebration. Okay. Oh, wow. Yeah. That is a smart marketing move. So the 10 troopers that came on stage, if you watch the live stream, those were all They're Novos fans. members and 501st That's members. Cool. I wow. believe uh, the, the, the guy who runs the RPF, Art Andrews, was in one of them. Uh, went on stage wearing not the film shooting yeah. costumes, but as close as you can get right now. And it was really cool because I bumped into some 501st members, one one guy with his buddy. They had handlers, all of them. All the Stormtrooper guys had like handlers. Oh, I'm sure. Um, were there places that they like wouldn't let you photograph and stuff or not really? Everything. Oh, that's awesome. Uh, they were taking, inspecting the helmet and they were already like nitpicking it and, and picking it apart. It's like, oh, this seam looks like it's, it's actually deeper in the trailer than it is on this prototype. You can tell it was a custom sculpt <laughs> and not like a, a recast of the it's original like comic model. Book, full, full on comic um, book guy. It was fantastic. And in uh, there, so they're going to be selling. We have a video coming out for that soon uh, about the Novo Stormtrooper armor. And they're going to be selling that at the end of the year. Um, yeah, super cool. Also, Anovos just announced that they are selling the original Stormtrooper armor. Wow, really? Uh, well, they've always sold. Which, which hold on, which original? The, the original four, five, or six. Uh, one, one of the four. I'm not sure which one it is, but okay. I, I think it's a four one. But which they've always sold before, but they're selling it as a kit, hmm. completed helmet, cast parts like vacuum form parts, including the bodysuit, everything you would need to make the Stormtrooper armor. And then um, you have to do the painting yourself? I think you just have to do some finishing and assembly. Hey, Norm, you know, we do these one-day builds. I, I know. Guess how much? $1,000. No. Jeremy, guess how I'm much? I'm going to go for $8,000. Well, $2,500. Uh, let me put some context. The completed Anovo Stormtrooper armor, if you want to buy it and be able to wear it out of the box, yeah. is $1,500. So $850. There's a pre-order period that, if you're listening to the podcast right now, the pre-order period ends on May 4th appropriate may the fourth that's the <laughs> dumbest holiday ever just for the record 350 dollars. i'm in right now <laughs> is this full body armor full body helmet included that's nuts <laughs> i mean on one hand you can that, like that's almost cheaper than you could make a cheap vacuum former and buy the plastic styrene if you like sculpted the chucks yourself yes if you um the price does double after may 4th that's still pretty good and it won't ship till q4 so it's a, you know it's 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 their you know Kickstarter type, type th- pre order system on their website. Uh, we're in talks. <laughs> we're gonna get some. I, I we're, we're gonna we're I, I can imagine like people the five hundred first who have invested years of their time, you know, iterating on their stormtrooper armor and perfecting and who've spent you know maybe thousands of dollars on it already. They're picking up regardless because they can use this to modify and make their zombie well, spare stormtrooper. parts too. Yeah, spare parts they can. We can do we can do a one day build with Adam where he makes it his own and does some crazy stormtrooper variant. Well, I mean, the other thing you could do is is take those, give them to artists, and have them do the R two D two treatment. Yeah. Like that was, I think, my favorite thing from your gallery. So yeah, well, let's go back to BB eight. Okay, because yeah, we're, we're hold yeah. on. Should I inception yeah, us? Inception us. Okay, up a level. Uh, so BB eight. One of the so they had stormtrooper armor on display from the original movie uh, from the new movie. They had the new <laughs> flame trooper armor. The new snow trooper armor. Flame trooper. This is stuff that we have not seen anything of in the in the trailers. If you watch the new teaser, yeah, and there was that one shot right in the middle of the teaser. It's actually the thumbnail on YouTube for the trailer, so it's right in the middle. Yes, where the, all the troopers turn around, and you see that like, mass that field. Not the one where they're getting shot with the Tie Fighter. Yeah, um, you can see on the side. That's actually a there's snow a planet. flame trooper. There is a flame trooper, and there's a snow trooper. Uh, huh? Well, the snow trooper. There's a like a shot of right. Yeah. 
Yeah. Well, there's uh, the, no, there's a, the I don't know if there's a straight on shot. There's like shots of black, uh, shadow troopers with capes, red capes, the new tie pilot with the red stripes on his helmet. Right. That stuff looks all amazing. The flame trooper looks intimidating. Does not look goofy. Like that's the kind of armor where if you saw like a line of those walking across a field, flame like it looks scary in a not a goofy way that you normally associate with stormtroopers. They, they they no bumping their heads in the doors. Are they the ones with the with the black helmets with the like metal visors? Or is no, that TIE Fighter white. TIE Fighter ones are black with the Yeah, those those were amazing. The black ones. The, the TIE Fighter is still my favorite. The new TIE Fighter design it's that white. showed up in the trailer. Well, it's, there's it's there's a like color. a smoky gray one too. Yeah, it is. It's a, it's a lighter color. It's not all black. I I like it's, it. It's weird. I thought it was good. Um, it looked matte. BB-8 basically confirmed that it's Sphero technology. Mm. It's absolutely concerned, confirmed, confirmed that it's Sphero technology now. So the thing that we said when we heard Mark Hamill said there's a practical one on the set is absolutely true. Um, it is a hamster ball-like robot inside the ball. Something pushes up on the top to keep the, the wheels of the robot pushed up against the outside edges of the ball so it can keep rolling. Um, and then... On that top thing, there's a series of magnets that can, it seems like, can steer the head independently of the movement of the robot. Um, my hunch is that if they're actually, you know, the ones that they were using on set, just like with the early R2-D2s, they had one that was the rolling one and one that was the head movement one and one that was the, you know, the, the little arm coming out and jacking into the data socket and all that stuff. So probably for shooting, they had a whole bunch of them. But the one that they rolled out was amazing in that it could roll, the head could move independently of the, yeah. the movement, which a lot of the theory, the early theories that we saw were that it had all the motors and electronics were in, in the head, um, and it, the ball was just a big, dumb ball underneath it that the motors were, were steering with, yeah. and it was balancing on top. What makes that look so good to me is that it actually looks like it's being puppeteered. It's pu- it yeah. is being puppeteered. Yes. I know, but it's being puppeteered remotely rather, yeah. rather than by a physical connection. Mm-hmm. So the fact that, that servos or what magnets and all of that can actually communicate that analog motion of, of hand movements is amazing. It's, you have to give a lot of credit to the actual the, the, the puppeteer to like as much technology as you can bring it, we can bring a Sphero in today and try to drive around, but we can't give it as much life as right. what we saw BB-8 on stage or in the trailer. Like the, the the subtle turn of the head, the shyness of a character, that's all in the puppeteering. The vocal yeah. tone is is Eve like from yeah. Wally, you know. Yeah, I mean it's gonna it's it's their. Hopefully, this is their Jar Jar Binks in terms of like this is how they're trying to connect with kids in this movie. And, Whoa! But instead of failing. <laughs> Wow, sick Instead burn, bro. Instead of failing, it will be a huge success. Well, I mean, in, if you look at the Star Wars movies, it's always been the story of R2-D2 and C-3PO, right? That they're the, they're the way the story is told. They're the eyes through which the story is told. Yes. Through all of the parts of the film that I want to talk about, of the films that I want to talk about. And, like... They're the only characters in all six films. No, Chewbacca's in... Um, hmm. You're right. No, Anakin's in all six films. Well, I mean, the only the actual characters. That's true. No, you're right. Anakin's in all six it's, films. I mean, on the surface, it's a story of Darth Vader, but but it's told through the eyes of R two D two and C three PO, and they're 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 the kind of they move the plot forward in, in most of the of the film. Um. So so yeah, I mean, if BB eight ends up being that kind of character, the other the other thing that 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 was missing, I think I think George R. Beeks was meant to be the Chewbacca though more than. The like Chewbacca was the was the thing that people re, that kids reacted to when I when with the original trilogy. 
big furry um, guy. Big furry guy. And since Chewbacca's in this, then that won't be a problem, hopefully. Yep. Uh, anyway, uh, there's going to be a toy. There's going to be a Sphero toy. You can buy a BB-8 for Christmas, unsurprisingly. It, it leaked out uh, the silhouette, or maybe even a photo it's, They have a it. teaser page on Sphero Yeah, now. you can sign up for info, the le- rumor price, which I thought, well, how much is Sphero? hundred bucks. Yeah, 150 Reasonable. Seems right. Yeah. Seems reasonable. People have already hacked their existing Spheros and painted them to look like BB-8s and got them moving. Uh, with a, just, uh, yeah. basically sphere with magnets, adding another magnet system. Still, still to be fun to design your own, I think. So the, be fun yeah. to make them. The amazing I, thing about it is that it can move the head without moving the ball underneath. That's that is incredible. Yeah, because 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 the hamster wheel holds it in place, you can move the head a little bit. So here's here's my question: Is that a system where the same system that moves the body is just then detached from the main body to move the head? No. Or can you roll and then also move the head at the same time? You can roll and move the head at the same Are time. You sure about look like it? Yeah. Watch know. the watch the film. Norm's a BB-8 expert because I, I, it seemed like BB-8 would roll and the head would like compensate <coughs> and stay in place. But when it stopped, that's when the head you could actually the head was moving. So the head was definitely turning when it mm-hmm. was rolling. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it was moving like on the axis off off of the the top point of the ball. There are a lot of like fun schematics that people fans have kind of cross sections yeah. that they've drawn up. They've imagined. They've imagined. Yeah, my favorite song with actual hamster. Inside. There's actually a little tiny Kenny Baker inside running as fast as he can. Well, hopefully not. Um, did Kenny Baker rotate the top of R two? I think so. Or, or did he just? Yeah, he must have, right? I think he was. I think I think Kenny Baker was only inside R two when it was two legs, right? Isn't that right? I don't know. Not when it wrote like wrote. I think when wheels. the third wheel was out and was yeah. rolling, it was an RC that car. That makes sense. Um, I, I could be completely wrong on that. The, the like twenty year old. Were you guys surprised yeah. at, at how much detail they revealed here, and that the fact that they brought on like the three stars of the film before the f- movie's even out? I don't think so. What do you mean? That I just think it's it's a little it's a little bit absurd that. J.J. Abrams and uh, Kathleen Kennedy, is that right? Uh-huh. They got on stage and invited all the stars up there from this movie that's coming out that no one's seen yet. And we know them from the trailer. But it's just like Comic-Con. Basically, this is their comic. Like, yeah. They'll have a big thing at Hall H, undoubtedly, at Comic-Con. You don't think so? I don't think so. Not after this? Not after th- And I think they have their own convention to do. I mean... Disney has their own convention. Celebration. D23. Oh, so there'll be more Star Wars stuff at D23, oh, yeah, think? that's in August. But it's, um, it's interesting that we don't know anything about these characters. And, well, and, and everyone's applauding them that's, as if they're fans fine, already. You want that's these, what, the that's actors to be likable, too. But, I mean, but they're fans could, of the franchise. You, I think you, need, you know all you need to know. You know Oscar Isaac is an X-Wing pilot. Mm-hmm. You know um, uh, Finn, the character, is a... Uh, is, a lovable rogue. He's 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 a, a out of a fish out of water, mm-hmm. uh, and you know that uh, uh, Ray is a uh, is she's the mo- probably the one who's most mysterious. When mm-hmm. she has the force powers, probably right. They said Sorry, she she worked idea. in a junkyard, and her lives intersect with these other people. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, um, uh, I, so I've watched the trailer. I only watched it twice. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm trying to stay cold, trying to stay dark. I'm probably going to go dark after this. Yeah, you said that last time. I know, but but then no, you won't. Then all the BB-8 stuff happened. I had to look at that. So once I was on that page, it was just I just waited for the next video to load, frame by frame. Yeah, already. You really? It, oh yeah. Uh, great. Oh, yeah. This is a great teaser. I'm yes. trying to manage my hype so that I don't I'm, I don't walk out on May seven on on December seventeenth disappointed. That's the effort. That's my goal. There was a really yeah. interesting story on Grantland about the way Star Trek was shot and how that influenced 
from what we've seen so far. From you these two mean teasers, the J.J. Abrams Star Trek? J.J. Abrams Star Trek. The last two Star Treks were shot, and how they may uh, give an indication of how this new Star Wars will be shot. Yeah, um, a lot of like the uh, cinematography terms, a lot of like the the, the jump angles. zooms. Yeah. Jump zooms. I hate the, that jump zoom. Hate I that? hate that. I've I disliked oh. it ever since Battlestar Galactica, where it was used every five minutes. Well, they they overused it. I think. I just don't like it because it rips me out. It looks so digital to me that the fact that that something about a CG camera doing a jump zoom and then refocus rips, rips me out. Yeah. Yeah. It's like I, I look. Don't try to fool me into thinking that's some cameraman. I don't. Need it is that. kind of skeuomorphic, I guess. And it is. Yeah, literally exactly. a. So I, I'm sorry to have seen that, but I'll forgive it because it was the Millennium Falcon. Um, uh, anything else out of celebration? What else? Two other big things. Um, some of the cool stuff. We'll have videos of tons of stuff. Uh, Sideshow that you allude to, they had the R2 Me 2 project, art project, where they sent a blank R2D2 six scale figures to 90 artists, and they had about 50 of them on display. Incredible. That video is coming up on, on Monday. The, p- the pictures are in the gallery, and you can see a lot of them already, and they are gorgeous. Um, and then also Battlefront. Are you Star Wars Battlefront? Did you like Battlefront? I love Battlefront. I love Battlefront 1 and 2. Did you play those games? Love Good them. for you, man. I reviewed I? them for, for PC Gamer. Uh, well, because you were the Battlefield guy. But it came out... It, well, they were completely different because it, uh, it was for... It was those were Pandemic, weren't they? Pandemic, and it was... I mean, that's battlefield Was it Pandemic? Elements. I should look. I, I believe it was Pandemic because they also did the, the Return of the King one. Uh, that the good one before the, for the Lord of the Rings, Lord of the Rings game. I don't know. Everyone's all excited about yeah, this, pandemic. but it's just it's just a CG remake of some of the f- famous scenes from the original trilogy. <laughs> so people are calling it Battlefront it lo- Five as opposed to Battlefront Three, meaning that it's not like a, a sequel as more of a, it's a reboot. Yep. It's the Battlefront, um, is what you're saying. Star Wars Battlefront. It's dice. The people make Battlefield. Yep. The, the Frostbite engine looks fantastic as always. Yeah. They made a big deal about going to the archives and scanning and doing photogrammetry on like costumes so- and ships and stuff, which. Frankly, I don't like that's that's nice, but it's not going to br- make or break the game. No, it's not going to. No. And, and a, a good modeler gets yeah. exactly what you need. Like you, you don't need, you know, pixel. Per- what you get out of photogrammetry is not going to be necessarily better than what a good modeler can do. With a, anyway, b- a good reference photos. With good reference photos. Uh, did they show actual gameplay when you went to see the demo? Yes. Oh, so the, so all we've seen is like the pre-rendered trip. bullshit. So they showed they about nice. a, a five-minute sequence, and I'll, the caveat here is that one is it was the same Endor map that you see in the trailer, mm-hmm. most of the trailer. Uh, and two, it was a standard, even though it was in-game on the PS4, it was a very standard scripted demo, meaning like, this is multiplayer, but people are running around as if it was single-player, trying to interact and trying to convincingly... Was somebody actually, actually playing, or was it a loop? No, it was a loop. Okay. Uh, but it wasn't actually how people would play in multiplayer. Oh. Like, you mean- multiplayer, people are bunny-hopping around, and this is more like trying to simulate the squad dynamics. Was of, it player perspective footage? It was... Player perspective, you can do a first person or third person, mm-hmm. which is nice. It looks like the weapons, when I saw, I didn't see any ammo, so it could be all laser-based weapons, either time-based reloads or, or overheating. Um, or they could just tweak the, the damage over time to ac- accommodate constant firing, right? Something like that. Yeah. Uh, the game mode they showed was called the, uh, the Walker Assault. So the idea is that uh, this game mode will have... Um, you know, uh, one team, presumably the Imperial side, will activate the walkers, and the Rebel side will have to accomplish a series of objectives to get the Y wings to come in to bomb the walkers. Um, so it's basically just a straight objective based. Yeah, and then you know, with control points and spawn points stuff like that. Are the walkers are like a time limit? Does it push the? Do they advance? And you have they have to for sure, kill them they before they? No details. Okay, uh, we just saw a walker. You can walk, and the sound was good. Uh, Battlefield <laughs> has squad systems, so you know. 
you you can uh, if you do a squad of four, you can all spawn at the same time. Here it's only two. It's a partner system. No, oh. oh, but the partner system that you share your unlocks hmm. and you share your spawns, which is nice. Um, they said that they're only going to be like three or four environments. I want to say four <laughs> environments. You mean you mean like texture tile sets, basically? Yeah, like, four worlds, like Pandor and Hoth. Yeah, and then two. I want to say Tatooine, and then some lava plant that might have been from the prequels. But all I, oh, so it, it might go the, into the prequels. I, I I don't know if there was a lava planet that wasn't in the prequels. I thought the desert planet wasn't. Um, wasn't tattooing. No, so maybe it's not tattooing. Maybe it's a desert planet from the Force from Awakens. The new movie. There'll yeah. be that'll be a free free DLC. That's interesting. It Th- doesn't sound like there'll be a ton of maps. I mean, that would be a ton of new characters too, right? Player models. This is an interesting maybe. thing, uh, and it reminds me of this kind of forgive me synergy that the Matrix tried to do with the movie launch. You mean Enter the Matrix? Enter the Matrix. Uh, that movie was that book game was terrible and great all at the same time. Where, if you recall, for video gamers out there. Uh, before Matrix 2 and 3 came out, because those were shot at the same time, the Wachowski siblings wrote the game, Enter the Matrix, which served as a prequel, one of the many prequels leading up to The Matrix Reloaded. Yep. Uh, and it also introduced uh, Jada Pinkett Smith, Smith's character. Ghost, and, and yeah. uh, I forget her name, um, but they drove the car. Uh, so it wasn't playing Neo, but like it was like the fill in the story blank. And well, you played Neo too. Y- yes. Yeah. Um, it wasn't the path of Neo, which was, I think everyone wanted that game. Right. Um, so, uh, Battlefront, because it'll be mostly original trilogy stuff from what we've heard and, and, and multiplayer and, and it's multiplayer only. Uh, how can you fill in the blanks? Well, what they're doing is they're doing a DLC launch and this is like a big pre-order grab. It's gonna be free for everyone eventually, but you get a map that will be the battle that leads up to what you, why you see a downed star destroyer in the teaser. <laughs> <laughs> that's cool. That stuff's terrible. That, like, I don't know. No, I don't good. think that's cool. No, that's good. You you tie in the something people want to know more about. I, no, no space battles. It'll sell games. No space battles. Did they have space battles in the first Battlefront? They had like like Cloud, Cloud City kind of had like uh, Tie Fighters you that you could get in stuff, get in right? vehicles, and they'd be very floaty, but you can go out in actual space. It was it would it was like lower orbit it, it, at the most. It was like Battlefield nineteen forty two style planes, right? Yes. Where you could kind of just go around, and the scale felt a little bit weird, but it didn't work. Too and well. I presume there'll be some maps here again. They didn't reveal much at all that are vehicle centric. Um, are it still bots? Are they still filling I the world with think bots? That and that's the big disappointment. I don't think so. They haven't said. I'm okay with no the bots. trailer, it was like they said it was 40 player multiplayer. But Battlefield had no bots? Battlefront, Battlefront had, had bots. tons of bots. That's what yeah. made it so great. Oh, I see. I, that's why I didn't like it. You would be shooting and you see like a wave of stormtroopers. And this is again back in, you know, 2000. It was Xbox One, original Xbox two, era. Three ish yeah. or something. The early thousands. Yes, um, But you'd see, you know, dozens of characters and some of them would be actual real yeah. players. And some of them, if you unlock, and this new game will have this, if you reach a certain point, one of the, like the Call of Duty perks. perks will be you spawn as a hero character. So a Jedi, like Han Solo or Luke Skywalker or, or something or like that. Or something. So you can be a Jedi, presumably. Presumably. Hmm. Um, so, you know, on the Star Wars front, Raph Koster, who was the original designer on Star Wars Galaxies, has been posting um, kind of a breakdown about how a lot of stuff on Star Wars Galaxies works over the last several weeks on his blog. Um, if I... Like many people, I played Star Wars Galaxies for the free month that I got when I bought the game. It was a really interesting, conceptually it was really interesting because it was one of the first MMOs that had no, um, like basically the, the the as far as I know, it's the only one that, that worked at any level. 
but like the players built the sit built the t- there were starting areas, and then the players built all the towns and all the crafting stuff, and had this incredible crafting system and this really really deep like uh, um, kind of job system where you could be like one of you could gain skills in things like giving players haircuts or you know, dancing and singing so that they would be rejuvenated after battle and stuff like that. It was a really incredibly complex game for the time that it came out. And, um, it failed spectacularly multiple times over like the five or 10 years, however long it lasted before they shut it down. Um, but if you want to know about, if you have any interest at all in how MMOs were made prior to wow, um, it, they've been fascinating reads. Um, I'll link them on the site in a, in a quick link. That was pretty well. Wasn't it? I think it was pre-WoW. I forgot that. Um, but his website is just rafcoster.com, R-A-P-H Coster, K-O-S-T-E-R.com. And um, like the best one, the best of the blog posts so far, I mean, they're all interesting in their own ways. The best one explains how the Jedi system worked in that game. And if you remember, everybody wanted to be a Jedi. They had um, a mysterious Jedi system where you had to complete some... It wasn't even like completing a long quest chain, like an EverQuest quest or something like that. Basically, you just had to do some stuff, and it was different for everyone. No one knew exactly what it was, um, but you would have to... He explains how it worked at the beginning now, mm. and it, it was a fascinating read. I remember it being a really big deal when the first Jedi <laughs> appeared. Everyone starts following them. Well, so the thing that he said is that when they launched, they made the, the scheme difficult enough that it would take years for the first Jedi to appear. And then their marketing department was like, hey, look, we need to get some Jedi so that people sign up for this game. So they had to simplify it and crank it up so that it happened within like five months or six months or something like that. So anyway, um, anything else from Celebration, Norm? Back up another level? There's, uh, there's a ton of stuff on the site already. Ton, there's just, there was a lot. It was very dense um, convention. It was the um, best thing you saw. Uh, probably costumes from Force Awakens. Probably BB-8 being two feet away, not behind glass. Cos- just costumes in general, good. Like, what was the cosplay situation like there? Uh, a lot. Of, I mean, it was at WonderCon two weeks before, so a lot of the same people, but you know, a lot of stormtroopers. Okay. Um, a lot of lightsaber fights at night in, in the parking lot. Looks like a fun. lot of fun. I, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I had never really paid much attention to Celebration, to be honest with you. And, and but it's going to be a regular thing. It's going to be an annual thing. I think next year it'd be a lot of fun to bring my son. Well, you should go to maybe Europe. It's, maybe it's going to be in Europe oh, is it really? next year. Well, yeah. we'll, we'll have come to go back to Europe, maybe then. the year after. No, I, hey, looking for an excuse to go to Europe. Where in Europe? Yeah. London. Yeah, that'll do. Oh, yeah. I'd totally go to London. Oh, Ralph McQuarrie had some great stuff. The, the, I mean, his booth, not him, because he unfortunately passed away in 2012. Um, but I got some Ralph McQuarrie prints. Got a new archive book. Cool. Ranch Obi-Wan was there. A lot yep. of cool stuff. A uh, prop store was there. Bunch of old friends. Um, yeah. Um, Google announced Project Fi? Fee? Project Fi. Project Fi. Um, it's their MVNO, which is a mobile virtual network operator, which means that basically they buy space on uh, LTE bands from a couple of carriers in this case, uh, T-Mobile and Sprint. Uh, and basically they're doing a really low cost data and voice network for people who have Nexus 6s. So if you have a Nexus 6, which I think you have a Nexus 6, don't you? I do not have a Nexus not get 6. One? No, I didn't want to pay 650 bucks for it. Well, fair enough. Um, and we did the Moto X, not the Nexus 6. Very similar. Uh, okay. But the idea is that you need to have hardware that is certified uh, largely in the SIM card and also in the, the, the radio on the phone. Nexus 6 is the only one right now, but more will come. Uh-huh. Uh, but uh, the idea is that, that that special hardware allows you to seamlessly transfer signals between Sprint, T-Mobile, which Sprint, I believe, is CDMA. C- Sprint is CDMA. And T-Mobile is GSM. Yes. So that's interesting. And then 
I think that matters less with LTE, though. Yes, and then also Wi-Fi, uh, a, a million open Wi-Fi uh, networks that they've certified and can does that, process encrypted data. Does that mean when you're at your house, it will use your Wi-Fi network? I believe so. Yeah, that was, the, like, since they said certified, I wasn't sure how that broke down, whether it was just going to be, like, T-Mobile or Sprint-powered hotspots or, you know, like, star, every Starbucks now has a powered-by-Google hotspot, which I don't know if you've used Wi-Fi in a Starbucks lately. It is a dramatically improved experience over the old AT&T powered hotspots. That's good. Um, and so they have wireless charging. You're saying, yes. is this less expensive? It's 20 bucks a month base, and then you pay 10 bucks a month for every gigabyte of data you use. So the 20 bucks is for voice uh, and text <coughs> and the Wi-Fi stuff. And any data at all? And No, no. The, the data is for, uh, no, no data at all, okay. only the Wi-Fi. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, the data you pay for is the cellular data. Okay. So and if you're at, at home... It's free. Yes. And the cellular data is all prorated. So if you sign up for, you know, three gigs a month for 30 bucks plus 20 bucks, so 50 bucks a month, and you only use 1.2 gigs, Mm. then you get 18 bucks back credited. Yeah. I mean, looking, so looking at, so the the catch on this is, of course, that you can't buy the Nexus 6 uh, on a contract with this. So you have to pay the full price for the phone, which is $650. So when I looked at what, like, for example, Gina and I would save if we switched over to this, given our usage patterns for the last several you know months, basically we would end up saving between 20 and $50 a month, which, but we'd have to replace two phones at $1,100 total cost. So we would have to stick with those phones for a long time for the savings to be any good. However, if you already have a Nexus six and you're off contract, go nuts is the takeaway I have. Yeah. Like, I, like, conceptually, I like living off contract better. I'd much rather just pay for my phone and not be locked into a carrier. Yeah. Um, But none of the carrier rates are based on that model. None of the carrier rates are based on this model. The other interesting thing about this is it's international. So if you go to T-Mobile countries... Same rate? You see, it's just built in, is my understanding. That's cool. Yeah. So, like, for people who travel a ton, if you're currently running, you know, two... Like, if you're back and forth to China or to Europe and you're running two phones, this will be much, much cheaper presuming you get the coverage that you need where you're going. So, um, interesting. Yeah. It's, and you're saying you can make cell phone calls over your home Wi-Fi using this. Yeah. System. You can do that with T-Mobile now too. Oh, no kidding. Yeah. The un, it's part of their uncarrier thing. I think Sprint even has a thing that lets you do that too, hmm. but, I, but I know T-Mobile does. Um, Steve, Steam VR dev. Wait, wait, hold on. Oh. VR minute. <laughs> do you have that? Do, 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 do. Oh, no, nobody saw, submitted anything. Yes, someone did. Oh, yeah, they, they sent did. it to you. Yeah. No, no they put they, it on the yeah. site or something. Oh, I didn't see it. <sighs> yep. You gotta set, you gotta show me that shit. And here's the VR minute. <laughs> okay, Norm, you go. Uh, Steam VR dev applications are finally online. <coughs> so Steam VR coming out at the end of the year, made by HTC and HTC Vive. If you are a VR developer, which we are not, uh, you have to fill out an application form, letting Valve know why you, what type of game you want to make with this, and they will send a limited number uh, this spring for free. For free. For free. Do you think that I think that Steam already has a pretty good idea of who they're sending these kits to? No well, way. they well obviously they cherry picked the ones they wanted yes. to send them to, so and, is, and now they're opening it up and they'll be very selective. Right. Exactly. Like, but I'm just saying, if you look at partners who've worked with Steam on a lot of their like their summer promotions and stuff like that, stuff yeah. like um, you know the potato, like the the potato thing with Portal was that Portal Two potato thing yeah remember they had that potato promotion where it was a steam badge thing or something Sounds like portal 2 yes yeah, i might have been portal 2 
Um, but they do basically tied to their big sales. They usually have some sort of big, big meta game that involves buying stuff, trading cards, earning cards in games, et cetera, et cetera. And they work with a, say a pretty, I would say a handful, but it's a lot of developers now to integrate that stuff in their indie games, usually as a way to kind of drive interest in, in those games, the games that they like. So I, I would bet that a lot of those guys already have kits and that this is to open it up to more people. Perhaps people who've been building stuff for Oculus or that, I think that's or exactly like VR. This is for, I mean... And well, they still haven't announced what engines they support. So that's my question. I bet they support Source. I bet they do. <laughs> but I'm putting my money there. A lot of developers who have been developing for Oculus are going to be developing on other engines. Unity Unreal. And yeah. I, I want to know what they're going to support and if that's going to be a part of this yeah. new rollout. I think, I mean, I think realistically, if they're shipping... For planning to ship at the end of this year a consumer version. Yep, they have to support Unreal and and Unity. Hope so. Yeah, I think it's what's most reassuring to me about this, especially them giving it away for free, is the symbol of what kind of an investment this is for Valve. Yeah, like they're they, serious. They've already put in millions to the R and D, but now they're putting in hundreds of thousands just to support the developer community. And plant these seeds for the mm-hmm. for the VR to happen. Well, they, they want to make P- sure potentially millions. Just to be clear, sure. if they're sending out if these are going to be a thousand dollars and they send out for free t- three thousand of yeah. them, you know that that adds up fast. And I'm sure they've built a, a team for developer developer relations yep. to make sure that the it's content super, super smart. Really so what that's going to do is it's going to create you know a lot of games that are available at launch, which. Who even knows when Oculus's launch is going to happen? Well, speaking of Oculus, uh, there's speculation that CV1 will not be in 2015 based on a Facebook earnings call. Not actually confirmed, but people are freaking out online, Oculus fans. On the good side, though, if you have a Samsung Galaxy S6, like <laughs> me, you can pre-order the Gear VR 2. That's nice. It's on Apple Watch Friday. Tomorrow. Apple Watch Friday. You can pre-order it then. You can pre-order. It comes out uh, May 15th, I believe, in stores. You can either, uh, it's in Best Buy only to pre-order on the 24th. If uh-huh. you want to buy it directly from Samsung, you go on May 8th. Any on specs Samsung's on it website. yet? Uh, I don't believe there are any. They said it would be smaller, uh, lighter. Uh, the phone is definitely smaller. It has than battery pass-through now. Battery pass-through. But is it a smaller cooling. FOV? That's my concern. Because it's a smaller screen. That is a very good question. Thank you. We'll I'll see. Leave it open. We will we will know basically when the I guess the pre-order website hits t- tomorrow. You'll grab one, I assume. Norm's going to get one as soon as he yes. can. Yes. Oh yes, yes. Um, so in in the and that's the VR minute. After the Apple Watch stuff hit last week, Google announced an update to Android Wear. Oh yeah, did we talk about this last week? We did not. Okay, this week is it out? It's not three weeks, several weeks, and only on the LG, uh, the Frufu Fru LG watch first. So, so it's like the Wear updates have the same problem as Android phones, where you get they announce an update and then it takes an infinite period of time between the announcement and when it actually releases. Indefinite. Oh, sorry, it just feels like infinite. No, well, Apple does the same thing. No, I know, but the difference is everybody that gets the Apple one gets it at the same time. The Android folks get doled yes, out. It's right. the same. It's the same problem. Uh, so, new Android Wear um, update will uh, tap into the, the dormant <coughs> Wi-Fi radios and some of the watches, so you have Wi-Fi syncing. That's exciting. Uh, which means if you have your phone, you know, not on your pocket, you can still get the push updates. Do you? As long as the phone's connected and your watch is connected. On the same Wi-Fi network. It doesn't have to be on the same Wi-Fi network. Oh, that's interesting. They go through Google. Hey. Yeah. Oh, it doesn't have to be on the same Wi-Fi network. It does not have to be on the same Wi-Fi network. Do you you guys walk around your house without your phone in your pocket anymore? Yes. Yes. Really? I walk around the office. When I go to the office, the phone goes on my desk. 
I'm, oh. I'm best friends with Find My iPhone. I have, um, I, as I've replaced pajama pants, you know, like sweatpants and pajama pants that I wear around the house, yeah. I've exclusively bought them with pockets now. <laughs> For the phone? I mean, because I always have the phone on me. You should get, just get pajama shirts with a shirt pocket. What I should do a is protector. What I should do is get a like a, a case that I can wear to chain around my it's neck. Horrible like idea. I wouldn't put a cell phone anywhere near my heart. It's your brain you got to worry about. The heart's probably fine. We can replace those. <laughs> um, did you guys see any, anything else in the Gear VR? In yes, the, in a bunch the... of stuff. So right now, Gear VR. Uh, this is actually a really interesting differentiator between uh, Android Wear and Apple Watch. Um, ecosystems. Well, the, the one, there's some UI streamlining, so the way you scroll through the applications uh, and, and notifications, it's going to be a little, suppose a little smoother. Hopefully, performance is better. Um, but uh, one of the things that they're allowing is other applications to tap into the dormant uh, OLED state. So right now, oh. on the Android Watch, you can act, have uh, you can have the watch in two modes. You can have it in where the screen is off most of the time until you flick your wrist or tap the screen, and then mm-hmm. it pops on. Or you can have uh, it, many watches actually do this, but like the Moto 360 and the Zeus N watch, um, you have this, the, the time always on in a low light state. So only showing you know, the, 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 the minutes and, and hour yeah. um, bars. And so a low, uh, infrequently updated, not well, very many pixels lit. It's still frequently lit. updated, but not many pixels lit yeah. right? until you flick your wrist and then it illuminates to the full whatever background. Interesting. Now other apps can tap into this now. So other apps, if, you're, if you want to you know, have your Twitter app, uh, then you can have that in a low power state can- and then just get, you know, Small text or white text. Good. I think it should be tweets. up to the user to how much battery they want to use. Yeah. Uh, Apple doesn't allow that. Sure. Apple, it's well, Apple's, off or on. Apple's solution is to put complications on the on the watch face, so you can theoretically put your calendar stuff there. But it seems like it's very. But there's limited. there's no way on the Apple Watch to have it always display something yeah. on the screen. Right. Apple uh, feels they know better. It <coughs> would rather well, it, the screen be off until, and, and they trust, I suppose, the watch's ability to know when you're flicking your wrist or looking at it uh, to display this inf- information. One of the things I read from somebody who'd spent, like, it was funny, most of the people who reviewed the Apple Watch hadn't actually used Android Wear and maybe had used Pebble. Yep. Um, the thing that I found interesting about I can't remember who said it, and I apologize. But they pointed out that from the time of the September announcement... I'm I'm sorry. This is a a random snarky tangent. (laughs) Most people who review Apple products don't use... haven't used competitors' products. This has been Norm's snarky Android Minute. There it goes. Um, I predict that you'll be back on Apple Watch within two years. On Apple within two years. Wait, what did you just predict? I predict that Norm is going to drop Android and be back to Apple within two years. Yeah. I'm not going to put any eggs on that. No. I'll take that bet. (laughs) <laughs> okay. This guy is staunchly Android. I, and, and you know what? I'll say this, and then maybe jumping ahead of myself because we haven't shot the review yet. Best phone ever used, Samsung Galaxy S6. Really? Best phone, hands down, I've ever used. Huh. Um, anyway, are you going to get a, Gal- a Gear VR, a Gear Watch, no. rather than the Android no. Watch? No, 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 no. Well, I mean, you're, if you, once you're in... No, it's, it's compatible with Android. Okay. Anyway, you were saying, you were, sorry. You, My you point read. was, the thing I was saying is that somebody had looked at the stuff that they showed at the September event for the Apple Watch and the stuff that they showed uh, the, the, is actually shipping, like watch faces, and all of the ones that seemed like they were going to be more battery intensive, they killed two of them. Um, I don't remember which ones they were off the top of my head, but basically it was like, Here's some stuff that is going to destroy your battery, eat it alive. We have turned off all of the stuff that, is, that it seems like they're very concerned about battery life. 
um, at, at, and have made sacrifices in the product as initially shown to reach the battery life that they want with the with the Rev One product. And then people like John Gruber say, no, 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 the Apple Watch aesthetic is light on black background, which is different from all iOS, not for battery life because they chose it that way. No, they wanted to blend that bezel, well, which. And he thinks the battery life is a nice side benefit for that. I think it's all the way around. I, I mean, form follows function, right? In this case, OLEDs with black backgrounds use dramatically less energy than OLEDs with white backgrounds. And one of the side anybody benefits, that says anything says the opposite of that is yes. crazy. And I think yeah. the side benefit of the the screen then, quote unquote, fading into the black the bezel. To make it look more uniform, I think that it's, is the side benefit. Yeah. Well, and if white had been cheaper electrically, you know, power speak in terms of power, we would have white bezel watches that the no. that the white background would fade into. It's, yeah, that's, that's ludicrous. Um, the so there's been a lot. We're not going to talk about Apple Watch too much. There's been a ton. Of, people are pissed about the way the rollout has has gone. Um, Can't sell enough of them. They can't sell enough of them. They're not going to keep them in stores, except they're going to put them in a small number of high-end. Uh, what, what was the? I have the exact term in here. Uh, high-end fashion stores in very limited quantities. Um, Bunch of stores I've never heard of. It's places that we clearly do not shop. We should, we should stop by in tomorrow. <laughs> you want to go to Neiman Marcus and see if they have some Apple Watches? Is there a list? Yeah. Uh, well, there is. There's, yeah, you saw the list. Yeah, right? but it's all like super high end boutique places. All over, like major cities of the world. Can we put on bow ties and pretend we're. I have a bow tie. <laughs> no, I'm not going to do this. Um, well, there's gonna, that'll be interesting to see what kind of lines there are at those stores. I bet there will be lines. Yes. You'll see the, Those people are going to be like, why, why the fuck are all these people <laughs> lined up out here? You see the gray market, the gray market, you know, scammers <coughs> yeah. waiting in line there. Well, so the gray market scammers, I think, are going to be less of a problem because they're releasing this in China simultaneously. Oh, are they? Yeah. You can buy Apple Watch in China. You could pre-order at the same time we could. Hmm. Um, and, and most of Europe as well. Um, well, Andrea Air... I can never... Uh, the, the new... Uh, Burberry Andrea. Angela. Yeah. Angela. I'm sorry. Uh, Get her first name right, at least. She released a video to all of the store workers. And I guess she does this weekly. Have you, have you guys watched that video? Oh, I haven't no, seen no, that, no. It was, it was a nice video. I like to see that she's doing that. It's like the presidential, uh, presidential address in Spanish that Bush used to do. Couldn't really? He did a presidential address? Did he sp- say Spanish himself? Yeah. President Bush yeah. was... like he was. Is he fluent in Spanish? Fluent. Yeah. Fluent in Spanish. That... Wow. I'm an amazing painter, too. Full of surprises. Yeah. Uh, anyway, she uh, yeah she went on on there and um, I forgot what I was going to say, but it was uh, something about the Apple Watch rollout and she was apologizing, saying this wasn't going to be an ongoing thing that they had to keep sending people to the to the website, but it was just that for this one launch and she apologized and she wants everyone in the store to know they're doing a great job and uh, they're getting great reviews for their uh, product try-ons. Well, well so I think she's taking a lot of flack personally because you know this is her big first product launch. And Burberry, which high-end boutique, and this is a you know high-end product, uh, the showrooming of a- Apple Watches was. It sounds like it was her strategy. Uh, we did a lot of speculation last week about whether that would be a, a strategy going forward. She can't control the operations, though. She doesn't know it, it's, they wouldn't have yes, the stock. But the marketing of you know in stores available on the twenty-fourth. That's messaging they took away now. Yeah, like no longer they, they claim that it will be available on the twenty-fourth. It's just that it's coming soon. Almost here or something. I mean, uh, the good thing about all of this is that it means that you won't be able to go line up on Friday morning to get an Apple Watch, which 
of all of the products Apple has released in the last 10 years, this is the one that you should be waiting to see on. Like I, I ordered one at 1204 or whatever on midnight on the pre-order day. If I didn't, if we didn't need one for the website, there's absolutely no chance I would have spent my own money on an Apple Watch sight unseen. The, the inc- I don't understand. The one inconceivable thing to me is why didn't they do the try-on period before they started taking pre-orders? I don't think they realized but, ha- that people were going to... Pre- I, I think they underestimated the Apple nut jobs desire to order it at 1201 I, I just can't, on I just whatever can't, the day was. Really? You think that they're that ignorant? That They have done incredible studies. I'm sure that they knew what would happen. They released too many products to know there wouldn't be Apple nut jobs who would exhaust the... We probably shouldn't call them Apple nut jobs. Who that exa- was a mistake on my part. I exa- apologize. Exhaust the inventories, right? I mean, that, that's exactly what happened. And yet, Gary did the right thing. He went into the store the day after they became on sale yeah. so that he could try on, figure out which one he wanted. And then he ordered. But he had now it's And he got months. burned. Yeah. June. He's really bitter about it, too. Oh, yeah. Every once in a while, I'll just send him an a- I-, I am and I ask him how he's doing, and he responds, June. <laughs> Frowny face. Um, I, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I'm, uh, but this isn't going to be the Apple way going forward. They did say that eventually you will be able to go into a store and June buy. is what uh, they're, yeah, they're projecting. Buy watches in yeah. store. So it's not like their stores are only going to be showrooms, um, for better or worse. Inventory management problems. Yeah. Um, uh, Microsoft released a new Windows 10 tech preview uh, earlier this Wait, week. You know, speaking of Gary and Celebration, they released the uh, Rogue, oh, yeah. Rogue One teaser. Right? Uh, Gareth Edwards was there, uh, director of Godzilla, and they're calling it now the Star Wars anthology movies. Uh, oh, so that's all the non-episode movies. And, it's, and they're each standalone, movies. right? Each standalone. This one is going to emphasize the war in Star Wars, and it's going to be a, a full-out war movie. No, I don't think there's going to be any Jedi, but I feel like huh. it's going to follow the Rebels TV show because it's the building of the Rebellion, and it's talking about how they stole the Death Star plans. That's awesome. I thought, I thought was, that was Both and Spies, but that's the second Death Star. No, that's, no, that's the first. That's the first one. Many, many Bothans died. Be about the Bothans. Oh, well, so what, what's, <laughs> do, are we going to learn what a Bothan is? <laughs> yes. We know what Bothans are. They're fur. Those are those furry guys. How do you know that from a book? No, there. There's a, a Bothan. Huh. That's a good question. How do I know that? <laughs> it might be from from Clone Wars. Uh, that doesn't count. Clone Wars counts. Oh. Clone Wars does count. Clone Wars, Wars is still canon. Counts. Yeah. Oh yes. my gosh. Extended universe. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Um, they hey, showed. Uh, was, is Kyle Katarn part of the uh, universe? Nope. He's dead. He never existed. Forget that he's there. Because I thought he had something to do with stealing the Death Star plans. Nope. Nope. That's all a fever. You know what I would love to see out of all this? (laughs) I would love to see a remake of Dark Forces. Yes, dude. No force powers. Dude. First person shooter set in Star Wars. If you compare my my excitement for that compared to Battlefront, off the scale. Yeah. Yay, I'm sure, has talked about it. Dark Forces is... They've got to... So, so did they? They didn't show the game that uh, uh, um, that Amy's working on, did they? No. Amy Hennig. No. Um, yeah, I, I'm. Well, that game that that um, that game that was canceled, or, or the that level, whatever. A, a thirteen seventy one. Yeah, Coruscant, that, that was going to be like Dark Forces, right? That was going to be like more shooter based. But it was set. It was set in. It was on Coruscant. It was pre preview prequel, probably. Uh, right. Were you there know. for the Rogue One trailer? I wasn't there for that. the teaser. Uh, but it's already been <coughs> it's like a it was like a 45 second I know. saw a shaky cam version of yeah it. you know they, they pan through the forest and you see the Death Star it's a really nice like the Death Star is as big as the horizon which I mean, is great massive. it makes sense yeah it's cool orbit um I'm sorry back to whatever you were saying it wasn't uh, as Microsoft. important oh <laughs> Microsoft sorry Microsoft Jeebus <laughs> 
Microsoft released a new Windows 10 tech preview build. Um, there's a bunch of new stuff in there. The big thing is that they've updated the mail and calendar apps. Here it's buggy. Uh, Windows 10 tech preview? Mm, this new one. Oh. Because it's on the fast track release. What is the fast track? Explain there the tracks. There are several. You can opt in for previews, uh, updates to the previews. You know, At it's different like, it's paces? Like, yeah. It's like the Chrome yeah. dev beta yep. release channel? Yep. Okay. <laughs> Um, I mean, build is next week. Build is next Microsoft week. Microsoft build. I'll be there for conference. So, I uh, presume that they're they're getting ready to, you know, they're they're in the final steps. Is that in Redmond? Well, no, it's here. Is it here? And the other thing that leaked uh, a couple weeks ago, I think we talked about, it, we may not have, is that the rumor is that the release date is in July, not not late. We were assuming late summer, but July is firmly in the middle of summer. So, um, there's some Xbox updates that come along with that. Um, if you're on the Xbox one preview update, you have support for the over air, over the air tuner and Miracast now, uh, as soon as that hits, that'll hit later this week. Um, it's non-protected Miracast, which I don't know exactly what that means. Is that the same as the thing that, do you know if that's the same as what the Roku supports or is, cause right now, if you open the YouTube app on your phone, whether it's an iPhone or Android, you can Miracast over to a Roku three, um, or Chromecast or whatever other devices you have in your house. Um, I don't know if this if non-protected Miracast will allow you to, but but we'll test it as soon as it's out. I'm on the preview program. Um, they also you, the if you're on Windows 10 technical preview and you're on the Xbox One preview, you can also stream the over-the-air TV if you have the tuner from your Xbox to the Windows 10 machine. I don't know if that means that they've turned on the game streaming to Windows 10 technical preview yet. I haven't heard about anybody testing that, but I, I'm thinking I'm going to install that and see. Just give it a try. I didn't know they did open Xbox betas. It's not open. It's I think you have to sign up for it and be accepted. Mm -hmm. um, basically, you download an app on your Xbox One, and that means that you get the next month's... Basically, you're one month ahead in yeah. the release schedule. That's interesting. So, um, And it's been pretty reliable, actually, so far. So in the beginning, in the early, early days of the Xbox One, there were problems with updates, where you'd have to manually do the update, which sucks when it's a 10-minute process and you want to watch TV or play a game or something. But now it, it just happens automatically in the background, and and um, it's been remarkably stable. Um, and I think they have a massive number of people in that pre preview program for for like a console beta. Um, drone dad, I don't know what this is. A Tennessee father has followed his daughter oh. to school with a quadcopter. A, a what father? Wait, what? Tennessee. Tennessee. Has followed his daughter. Why is to that school? relevant? Why does it have to be, always be about Tennessee, Norm? I, I'm just giving context. Why did he follow his daughter to school with to make drone? sure she was getting home, getting to school safely? Like, like a high level of surveillance, it or like a, a, five was a, feet it over was a her Phantom Two, of course. Well, and there's video footage. What's his plan if she gets in trouble? He's going to crash the drone into the <laughs> devil That's doer. Exactly it. That is ridiculous. I think it's, it's one of the absurd quadcopter story of the week. Talk about helicopter parenting. Oh, that's good. Yes. Oh, my that's good. That's good. Multicopter parenting. Uh, it's multi <laughs> joke doesn't yes, work yes, without yes, the yes, helicopter. Jeebus. Yes. Um, there's a new version of The Muppet Show coming. Oh, I could not be more excited about this. That's not a this. rumor? That's confirmed? It, uh, it, is, it was conf confirmed several weeks ago. Oh, wow. The... Uh, EW Entertainment Weekly had more details about it this week. It is going to be shot mockumentary style. It's going to so if <laughs> so you think about the original Muppet Show, to, okay. well, think, so think about the original Muppet Show. The con conceit, which I never got as a kid, but but totally immediately realized watching it as a grown up, is that it is a it is the backstage goings on behind a live stage show that happens every week. Um, 
this is going to be a mockumentary show about a new Muppet show, a mockumentary shot about a new Muppet show Mm -hmm. taking place Uh, a little bit more adult. I don't think there's gonna be Muppets boning, but um, it'll explore the interpersonal relationships of the Muppets. I love this beyond just Miss Piggy and Kermit. So (laughs) yes. So we'll get to see what Janice is up to, I guess. See what, what Ralph Rolf has going on. Perfect opportunity for guest stars. Well, I mean, did, did you watch the original Muppet Show, Norm? No, but I know there were guest stars. Oh, I'm going to give you some DVDs and send you I, home I've with some homework. I've watched YouTube clips, you know, you, Star Wars, the new the you, Mark Hamill you need, episodes. You need to... It is it is worth sitting down and watching. It will enrich your life in, like, a, in a wonderful way. for kids. Way. When's the last time you watched it? Uh, when the DVDs came out three years ago. So it, hold, last it holds movie. up? Oh, it's, the first season is rough because yeah. clearly they were doing it on... I would say roughly the same budget that we have. <laughs> yeah. um, like there's a lot of like puppet shadow boxes that are pretty clearly made with two by fours and yeah. some velvet that was reused a lot. The second season by midway through the first season, they start getting some unbelievable guest stars. And then the second season is just, is just rad. It takes off. Yeah. Um, like clearly they were like, well, there's something here. We should give them some money. Yeah. How was the last movie? Uh, the last movie was, it was not up- as good as the second yeah. to last movie. Right. Was better than no Muppet movie. Yeah. <laughs> go with Tina Fey did an atrocious accent. Uh, yeah. Really, really like I love Tina Fey. I will I will watch a lot of Tina Fey. Her best parts were in the trailer too. Yeah. Um, I'm more excited. I guess Walter will be in the show. Walter Walter is from the well, the movie? EW article had a picture of Walter in the header, so I assume that Walter is gonna be in the show. Yeah. Nice. And a lot and some of the original cast members are coming back, although a lot of them are old to the point that I think they don't want to do a weekly the, the, you know, a weekly puppet show would be an unbelievable amount of work. Was that voiced by Jim Parsons? Who, Walter? <laughs> Walter yeah. is voiced by Jim Parsons, I think. Because I'll, I'll I know in the, in the mirror, when he looks at the mirror version of himself, that's who he sees. Oh, you, you mean... He's, he's the yeah. human version yeah. of Walter. But I don't know who he's Oh, I don't by. think it's voiced by him. I don't... I mean, I don't think so. But we can easily find so out. So Paramount also reportedly shopping around for a Galaxy Quest TV show. How oh, I watched that too. How about that? Peter Linz played and voiced Walter the Muppet. There you go. I was right. All right. Technology. Back to technology. If you don't like the Muppets, just turn it off right now. I don't want you watching this show. (laughs) That's where we're at. Um, The FCC is recommending a hearing uh, about the Comcast Time Warner cable merger. Um, The analysis from people who understand what that means more than I do basically said that it is a massive setback for the merger, which is good news for us. So keep your fingers crossed. Whether they actually do the hearing or not, I don't know. We'll see. Um, Amazon's partnering with Audi to deliver packages to trunks of people's cars in Munich. Go ahead and ask. I, I already read all you know about this. One time truck access code. <laughs> the people are going to walk up to your car. It's Audi only and put a package. You basically tell tell the you tell it's Amazon the, where your car is parked in a range. It's the plot of the new transporter movie. Really. No, but oh. the, 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 you, the, you deliver some girl to the back of your car. That would be awkward or diapers. Um, never open the package. <laughs> <laughs> I like those movies. Those movies are OK. Have you seen fat? Did you see Furious 7 yet? OK, we talked about this last week. Talk about Furious we talk about that last week. week? Those we, movies are we talked about. I'm CG. going this weekend. I'm finally I'm finally I have a window that I can go see that movie. So I'm excited. Um, One more week till Avengers. God, really? Yeah. It's two weeks till Avengers, isn't it? That it's, it's May seventeenth or something? Eighteenth, um, fifteenth? No, well, it comes out on the next Friday, right? The fifth, isn't that next Friday? Oh wow! Um, Facebook and Creative Labs. Oh, Facebook's Creative Labs introduces the Hello Android Dialer. Norm, are you going to put this on your Android phone? No. Do you know what it does? Mm, explain. 
it uses all of the face the photo phone numbers that you've put into Facebook over the years to give context-aware caller ID when people call your phone. So when Hello. you call your phone and it, it's a business calling and they have a business page on Facebook, it will look at that and say, oh, this is Joe's flower shop calling to talk to you about the flowers you ordered. Why is it on iOS? Because you can't replace the dialer on iOS. They can't tap into... Low-level, low yeah. Like, Apple basically, core... The, basically, the apps that you can't delete are untouchable to third parties, is my understanding. God, boing, boing, I think I had a fantastic headline about this feature. Which about, is? Um, make phone calls to your dead loved ones. Oh. What? Yeah, because basically... Phone face- calls? Once, once you die on Facebook, your shit never goes away. It never goes away. So if someone calls from that number or something, then it shows up as that person's name. Yeah. It's, yeah... It's a it's a weird it's a weird thing. I wonder what they're collecting as a result of installing this. I mean, I'm sure they're collecting how you use the phone. What do you think about those services that will uh, email people once you die? Um, I have one of those set up. Do you? No, that's they're super creepy. I don't I don't know if it's a bad idea. Maybe there's something you want to make sure people know and you want to have a chance to tell them, but you don't know if you will have a chance. To tell well, them. like I feel like there's a there's a good reason to have a dead drop for like passwords and bank account info and all that, that stuff included. for your spouse yeah. and or yeah. heirs. But if it's just information, that would be cold. You know? Hey, I had a really nice time. Thanks. <laughs> yeah. P.S. Here's my passwords. Uh, here's my one password uh, vault and here's the current login for it. It's Friday. <laughs> what? So Gary would have to play that. Yeah, Gary's would just be a link to <laughs> the Friday right. video on YouTube. Um... The, uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm weirded out by the hello Android Android dialer. It seems a little weird. Um, I think that's it for news unless we have anything else. Ultron comes out next Friday, May the 1st. It really does. Wow. I've got to get, well, it's too late for me to get tickets now. Probably. Um, let's play some music and talk about what we've been testing. Norman Chan. You have in front of you a very small space gray retina display laptop. Yes, we want this first. You want to do that first? There's also news that also when we're testing uh, Adobe Lightroom 6 came out. Well, I figured we'd talk about that when we're testing. Oh, okay. We're yeah. not what we're testing? This is, this is what we're testing. We'll start with this first. Okay. Very confusing. It's at the top. I mean, you can do whatever right. order you want, but I introduced All that. Right. So let's now the segue do, is let's do, let's totally do, cracked. Let's do the MacBook. Okay. Um, it's gray. It's space gray, which is really nice. Is it the same color as space gray phones? Yes. Oh, Jeremy, you have a space. Jeremy gray has phone. a space gray phone. Let's, let's compare. At the store, they pair it next. They put it right next to a space gray uh, phone, so you can see it's, uh, it's darker. It's a little, a little isn't a little, it? Yeah. Let's, let's, I think it's space black, not space gray. Or is that the watch that's space black? Oh, that looks more similar. Yeah. It's, it still looks. The phone looks lighter to me. The phone. The Maybe phone does a look a little lighter. Maybe it's a different finish. Anyway, um, it looks great. I like. That I like color. this color. Uh, it's not night and day difference in terms of lightness. Mm-hmm. Uh, people were like for freaking about how thin and light it was. Oh. I've been using the 11 inch air for three or four years now. And this is a lot bigger screen though than the 11, 11 inch air. It's 12 inch screen. Well, but I mean, it's also high, it's well, higher well, resolution. Well, well, no, 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 and, no, no, yeah. I'm saying in terms of the size and the weight, it's not like this is peels like paper, right? Like it's, it's still a laptop and I've used, you know, thinner laptops and, um, but it is a very compact laptop, uh, which is nice. That's one of the benefits they have of the fanless design. The screen is easily the best part about it. Um, it's a weird resolution, 2304 by 1440, 
I believe. Which Six, is the 16 by 9? 16 10. Is it? Now, did you realize that the uh, MacBook Air 11 inch and the MacBook Air 13 inch had different aspect ratios? No. Yeah. Uh, well, Will and I realized Because we both we use, both well, I use a 13 inch and, and Norm uses 11, 11 inch and yours looks tiny. And mine is 16 by 9 and Will's 16 by 10. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, is this 16 by 9? My Pro? Your Pro, I believe, is 16. This is 16 by 10. Ten, yes, yeah. yes. I'm looking at it. Uh, so ba- basically, what what a 16 by 10 does is gives you a viewing area that doesn't have the menu at the top. That's 16 by nine. When you have like, like you, so you have space for dock at the bottom and yeah. the bar at the top. I still put the bar dock at the putting side. the bar on the side is a pro move. Um, so 16 by 10. The resolution is weird, but uh, the performance is where it gets really weird because of the pix the way that Apple does pixel doubling. Mm-hmm. Like on the the iPhone, I guess five or four, it was always pixel doubled. So it's displaying what looks like you know one half the resolution, but it's using twice the resolution. It's well, it's um, it's displaying a low resolution image. It's displaying a low resolution vo- viewpoint with four times the number of pixels yes. that you would normally use. So you get all the smooth corners yeah. and better ali- uh, anti-aliasing, and you, you lose aliasing. You can't for for this laptop and for the iPhone six plus. What they've done is. They're moving away from that. What they've realized is that you can scale resolutions as long as you scale down. Scaling up is bad, as we've all known. Like trying to run a 1080 display, a 1080 image on a on a 2560 display, like for video games, you get dithering. But when you try to when you oversample, when you when you uh, super sample and then scale down, you actually don't notice the difference as much. Um, people who've been super sampling on graphics cards on on PC games for years know this. Um, well, I mean that's how any super sampling yeah, any aliasing works. Yes. And so, for your iPhone six plus, for example, even though that's a nineteen twenty dis- actual nineteen twenty by ten eighty yeah. display, it's actually rendering more pixels than that, just a little more, and then scaling down. Uh, for here, the resolution options are really weird. If you want to do actual pixel doubling. You're not going to get a lot of screen real estate. Well, that's the same thing I have. That's the same way Retina laptops have always worked. So, like the default for this 13-inch MacBook Pro is a looks like 1280 by 800 display. And what's the actual resolution? For, tw- twice that. It's 2460 by but, 1600. So exactly. So the default is actual double. The the default is four times the pixels, right. a double but on each axis. An actual pixel doubling. Yes. Here, the default is not. Oh, really? Doubling. What's that's so? Right. What's the default? The default is looks like 1366 by 768. But actually, and the actual resolution is like twenty three oh six or something. Twenty three oh four. Okay. When you divide twenty three oh four by two, it's seventeen two oh two. Yes. Yeah. So it's actually. Oh you, no! It's not. It's twelve seventy two. Is that right? Twenty three oh four divided by two. Yeah. Oh, eleven fifty two. Eleven fifty two. Okay. Right. So you, if, if you want to actually, if you want to do true pixel doubling, you're going to get what looks like 1152 pixels wide so which is not many pixels at all that's why the default here hmm. is makes the graphics card scale up to uh scale up to 2732 and then render at uh, but what you're getting is a 1366 so the problem i have on this on the 13 inch retina pro is that when you do the scaling, it, there's, it gets a little hitchy sometimes. Yes. If you scale higher, if you're asking the graphics card to do more than pixel double what the native resolution is, yeah. then you're going to run into some performance problems. And that's what I'm running here. Because I'm actually running it, scaled the maximum, the most space, which is running at 
uh, what looks like 1440 by 900, but actually is 2880 by 1800. And 2880 by 1800 is chugging a little bit on this display. See, so I run this one, it looks like 1680 by 1050, which is the maximum. Mm-hmm. And like I find the extra resolution to be worth an occasional scrolling. That's hitch. that's what I'm finding out right now. Yeah. I, I want the extra screen space. Like I know I can, you know, rescale icons and rescale the dock, but text on web pages is what I care about. And how and many windows I can fit on here. What right. I said to you before the show is that I don't think anybody who's buying this laptop cares that much about performance or is expecting this to be on par- have parity talk- with the other laptops because it is the least powerful it is. laptop that Apple sells. But yeah. it's also one of the more expensive laptops. And it's Retina. So you got to combine those two things and say, look, I'm going to get a great screen, but I'm not going to be editing video on this thing and getting all of my frames for So the Retina thing is interesting because it is a cheaper and lower power processor, the Core M from Intel, and yet a higher resolution display. It's t- more taxing on the computer, on the graphics side, but using a, a theoretical lower lower power yeah. processor. There is no reason Apple couldn't technically have put this display on the MacBook Air 11 inch. It's the and same we, thickness, or yeah. It's it, we're, we've been waiting so long for like why why didn't they put a Retina display on the the MacBook Air. So mm-hmm. That's what I wanted. Because MacBook Airs have basically the, the, the Broadwell U processor, the new update. They have performance parity. You can put an i7 in a MacBook Air, dual core. Um, you can performance parity with the yeah. pros. A uh, little less battery life, you know, no fewer ports. But maybe this port thing is, is a real issue. I mean, maybe they're testing the waters to see, because they can't replace the air with a single port machine, because that would be too risky. Well, but they could insert a new SKU. I mean, here's the thing. I, I the think port, the port, that's the future. The port, the one port, oh, or, or two ports, whatever. USB-C, all-in-one port for everything is the future of this size laptop. Two like, is so much better than one. Yeah, not having two USB... Like, I would I would rather have a, two USB-Cs than one headphone and one USB-C. Yeah. I think power, from I power is so important. And the reason I think they couldn't put two USB-Cs is because of the controller board. Have you been able to get the dock yet? No. Uh, the, that the, ships the, tomorrow. The dongle, okay. $80 dongle comes tomorrow. I have a monoprice USB-C to uh, Type-A USB three, it's very fast. I have a, I bought from Google a USB C to Display Port. Is that a dumb connector? Is there anything? Is there any logic in that cable, or is it just uh, to plug in your USB thumb drive? Just a thumb drive. Okay. Um, so there's some sort of pin compatibility. You yeah, can just hook a yeah. USB right to USB C. Mm-hmm. So you could make your own cable by cutting a USB C cable yeah. in half and soldering it to a USB three cable. Uh, well, the, you got to figure out what wires yeah. are what. There's probably not the same number of wires. Yeah, but there are, are there? not definitely not the same. Number we of should wires. try this. this USB-C like C has a, many more wires. Um, oh right, and and power. Is that right? Power. Yeah. I don't. Know, I'm seeing three conductors in there. No, no. no we, we looked at the schematic because it will yeah. go both ways. It flips both ways. So, so you have eight. Some wires, of those I pins think. are USB two for USB two for backward oh, yeah. compatibility. Okay. Some are for the faster lanes, huh. um, and some are in. Two but anyway, how's how's battery life on that thing? So I'm I've been running on. Heavy load, actually like exporting stuff. Like exporting photos? Exporting photos. I exported 1,000 photos from this. That took my battery from the... If you boot it up normally... Oh, hold on. You did, you did your, your gallery no, I, from... I did, I did a force, okay. I did a, a, a force demo. Um, but if you turn it on, it's Yosemite, of course, and you're running Safari. Because mm-hmm. Safari has much better battery usage than Chrome. Chrome is a noted battery hog. If you're using... If you're not like you, Jeremy, not using spaces and you're using one Safari window, maybe like four tabs, which coincidentally is almost exactly what you're doing. I use Chrome. Chrome. Okay. Um, Eight hours. 
no okay. problem. Um, if you, once I started doing Lightroom and I was exporting, that got bumped down to three and a half hours. Wow. Right now, I'm not doing Lightroom and I'm in the middle of a test right now. I have 90% left and I've been in the last hour. So at 12 p.m. today, 60 minutes ago, I was an hour six. So we are starting hour six right now. Um, and I, it says I have an hour 39 left, but that's fluctuating based on your brightness setting. So uh, middle one plus over middle. So actually it's lower right now. So to contrast, I can run one plus over middle on the 13 inch air, a uh, 13 inch retina mm-hmm. for 10 hours. Yep. Like I can, I can get a full day of work, including a couple of hours of using GarageBand and writing to disc and stuff like that. No problem on the pro on the pro on the 13 inch pro, which I think like, the difference in weight is is actually noticeable. Like this is, I'm not going to lift up the pro because we're running the podcast on it right now. Two pounds. Yeah, that that is very light. I, I'll take the extra pound and a half for for battery. I would take the extra half pound with the air if it had the screen. Yeah, I mean that the thing that pisses me off is that there's no air with that screen. And I've, it's uh, asinine. All of us kind of agree that air at some point will get yeah get that screen. Mm. Um, I think the air is going to go away because the thing is these 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 little CPUs but they are just going to get more capable. Uh, so, so the power so the power per watt is going to go down. If the this air, is going to replace the air. Yeah, the, that's if, that's if, it. If the air had that screen, what would make them any different? That's the thing. Just it, the ports. They're not going to release this and it's going to go away in two years. Remember, size and weight for Apple is... Uh, thinness. Is, is thinness and and lower weight is a price advantage. They, they can justify in their marketing charging more for it being yeah. slightly thinner and slightly lighter. I just, I think, I look at the... Like the Air was the first of the thin and light laptops, the executive laptop that was actually usable as a primary computer. And like, we've talked about the Air, the current generation Air, being the equivalent of what was the the entry level MacBook line, plastic MacBook line of four years ago, four five years ago. Yeah, I mean, here's the thing: if you look at look at the path of shitty low power processors from Intel over a five year span, and you look at like the original Celerons, you look at the Atoms, you look at the Pentium M's, all of that stuff, it starts out kind of unusable for people who have any kind of computing requirements at all. And then over the next three years, it gets to the point where it becomes the mainstream processor, and the high end stuff moves moves up into mobile workstations or whatever. Yeah. So in three years. These processors, this this power class will be totally capable for all the stuff that you want to do. Anything that you can't do, they'll put dedicated hardware in to accelerate, and it, it'll be fine, and that's what we'll all be buying. But right now, this is for people who want a, a really expensive yeah. laptop to browse the web. I totally agree with you. I just can't handle the one port. The one port is a total deal killer for well, me. And, and the solution people are, are providing <laughs> with a straight face is this daisy chaining of USB devices. It just looks asinine. Well, they have to add more ports. And... And, and, and the, all you really need is the actual power port. Sure. Like the I power mean, port is the thing you're I right. the most. Two USB ports. That's bare minimum. Yeah. Yes. One the, for data, one for power. I, I look at, I look at um, on the other hand, with the appropriate battery life, having two ports, not that important. Like, I can sit here all day at my desk without plugging power in, and I'll be fine. Right. That's true. Um, and when you have that... You can plug it in, but since the power consumption goes to shit the moment you start using anything on this, that seems that seems kind of disappointing. Um, and it's amazing because the whole thing is basically battery. Like the, when you look at the in- pictures of the inside, the motherboard for it is is like the size of an iPhone motherboard. Basically, it's tiny. Wow. Um, anything else notable? I mean, we're going to do a full video for it next week. Uh, the keyboard um, it takes a while to get used to, especially if, if you're if you come from anything resembling a mechanical keyboard, just because of the, the keyboard, the, the distance the, the of throw. throw, the low throw. 
Uh, the trackpad, trackpad is still great. I mean, we've talked about the Force trackpad. Yeah, it's before. good. I don't use any of the Force stuff at all. What do you I, mean? The, the, oh, the Force the, press. The force press. I forgot yeah, I had the that. Whole press. That's that's me too. It's not it's not activated on anything that I use. Like, like I, Evernote doesn't use it. Chrome doesn't use it. Um, Photos kind of uses it, I think, but I don't like Photos very much. Um, yeah, it's just there's there's nothing like that's the thing that'll be useful in two years. What does Photos use it for? Um, I don't, I don't, I'm afraid to open it cause I don't want to fuck okay. up my okay. garage band. Um, yeah. Okay. Do you want to talk about Lightroom? Yes. I'm super interested in Lightroom. Uh, Adobe, uh, released, announced and released, uh, Lightroom six or CC 2015. Ooh. Uh, it is much faster. Uh, it's, they're still selling it as a standalone package. Oh, really? If you want to buy it as Lightroom Six for 150 bucks. You don't wow. have to subscribe to CC. See, I mean, it's the same pricing as always. I'm sure if you buy on Amazon a few months later, can you get an upgrade? You, I believe you can get can get an upgrade. I'm not exactly sure, um, but they really want to push the $10 a month uh, photography plan where you get Photoshop CC and Lightroom CC and the mobile app stuff. So there now runs on Android tablets, Android phones, iOS, and you can do a lot of stuff on the mobile stuff and their websites and their syncing. Do you? Do you? F- I found the syncing stuff to be kind of unreliable for coming from phones. Which which, which so um, what I wanted to do was sync my iPhone photos into the catalog mm-hmm. using their cloud service as the in between rather than using Adobe uh, uh, iCloud or yep. something else. And I found that it's it's not. It just All stops working for no apparent popped. reason. You might have to have the app actually launched. I don't think it runs. I don't know if it runs in the background on iOS. It, it'll it does for a while, and then if you don't launch the app, like. Oftentimes, stuff that runs in the background and needs to be refreshed occasionally will give you a notification and say, hey, you need to open the app again so it'll work again for the next three days or five days or whatever. Hmm. It doesn't seem to do that, All which my is my Android only photos complaint. pop up in Lightroom and okay. are sorted and grouped by mobile uploads. Okay. Um, yeah, it's if you have CC already, great. Download it. No yeah. reason not to. Is it faster? It's much faster. Uh, the image editing stuff is fast. Uh, exports are about 11% faster in my test, um, does takes all your CPU for exports if you want. Like uh, up to 12 cores? It's 16 cores. Oh, wow. Maxed out. Um, and, uh, you know, no, with no aperture. And if you want a paid option that has support, then this is, this is the one to get. Interesting. Um, I got a sub $20 nanoquad. Yeah, uh, Norm, you got to try this. What is this? I flew it before it's the that show. right there. It's, it's, it's hovers about as well as the Proto X. Yeah, it, it, looks, calls, it looks just like one. What's it called? It's yeah, called the... Doesn't it? It has the same, same kind of controller. LEDs. I wonder if it's a new knockoff. A rebrand? Or like a new it model. Be a re- it may be that that, that that Proto X is a rebrand of this too. So this is... I got this from a place called Banggood, which basically is a, is a Amazon for Chinese electronic uh, malls. You might have to... There you go. You're good now. Okay. Oh, no. Oh, look uh, at that. One of look the props at that, stopped Will. spinning. Keep, hit it. Give it a fl- no. Give it a flick. Go ahead. There we go. There it goes. Um, so so the 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 criticism of this is that the guy who said hey you should check these out also said there's about a twenty five percent failure rate out of the box out of the box. So uh, you still even if you buy four you're still under the price that you'd pay for one <laughs> yeah. expensive nano quad. 
Um, you can fly four of them at the same time. It's gyro stabilized. Obviously, no GPS. Oh God! I wanted to fly toward the camera. Um, but it's I've I've been playing it with the, for the last couple of days, and it's pretty awesome for Dude, fifteen bucks. No doubt, twenty bucks, seventeen dollars. Yeah. This is an amazing deal because it really does fly as well as as the fifty dollar one that I have. Stocking and it, stuffer. And it uses yeah. I literally I'm gonna put. Don't listen if you're one in my family, but they're going in everybody's stockings at Christmas. Um, you follow your child with that. <laughs> my <laughs> the house the dog the dog still doesn't like anything that flies like she didn't like the sphero because she thought it was possessed that's or evil not, that's not gonna change she doesn't like this thing she goes completely bonkers when i get to, when i take a quad out nano quad out and fly it in the house so the sound must drive them crazy they, maybe that's it yeah. it could be the high-pitched whining sound they hate the boosted board oh really yeah when you drive past dogs Big all bark. boosted owners know this yeah. <laughs> Do you have to wear shin guards or anything? He does have to keep your distance. Okay. Soulless, soulless boosted board. You can smell it. I, I, I think it's, I assumed that the dog was anti anything that did, doesn't have a soul but moves. Oh, maybe that's it. But maybe it's a high pitched whining sound. That's deep. I yeah. hadn't thought of that. Yeah. She doesn't like R2D2 either. Um, as we posted uh, our, the unicycle, the self balancing unicycle, the Focus Designs SBU. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the SB uh, self balancing unicycle. I've been using it for v the last three, two V five, I think actually. Oh, um, fifth generation. I don't know if they call it the V five. Um, I like that thing a lot. It is super fun. It is it is uh, divisive. If you want to see how divisive, check out the YouTube comments. Um, I just think that that stuff's interesting. Like I think all of the electrically powered let's say one to two to three mile range traveling devices like the boosted board like this, like the one wheel, like the solo wheel, all of those. I think they're interesting because the the price of motors and the price of the microcontrollers and the price of the batteries is going to come down in the next few years so fast that I think that stuff's going to be ubiquitous 10 years from now. Rideables. Yeah. And, and you'll just go to the store and pay $300 or 250 bucks for something, or you'll be able to get an upgrade for your long board that makes it a boosted board essentially. Um, so like, like everything that's on the new edge of technology, it could be a complete bust, but I like to talk about and test technology when it's new and kind of raw still. Yeah. Um, which is why we're looking at that, which is why I, I, I got that in actually. Um, for, the, yeah, as computer nerds, we've been testing things that we can play with on the computer for mm-hmm. decades, but now the new technologies are coming out into the real world. Well, the rise of phones and yeah. batteries make that stuff more applicable to the real world. Um, the thing that I'll say about it that I didn't really say in the video and I should have is that it is once you get good at writing it and we shot that video two or three weeks ago, I'm much more proficient now. Once you get good at writing it, it feels like you just have to think to go. So when you lean forward, you go forward. When you lean back, you go back, you kind of turn effortlessly and it ends up being, it's almost like if you're wakeboarding or snowboarding and you get to the point that you don't have to think about the mechanics of it anymore. You just can, your body just knows what to do to, to follow your intention. It's like that, but it's effortless because it's all motorized. Is there enough stability that you could dr- ride that in a congested area? Yeah, I can, I can weave between people on the sidewalk now without hitting anybody. So you really think it's a practical last mile? Device? I don't know. I don't. Um, I think that the unicycle form factor, while it has a lot of advantages over um, specifically the boosted board, because you have two free hands. So mm-hmm. you can carry like you can carry two bags of groceries with it. Yeah. Um, it has advantages over I I should disclaim this. I haven't used those like briefcase size things that have a wheel on them that we shot some video of at CES this year. Yes. Like the solo wheel. Mm-hmm. I haven't used those enough to become proficient at them. I'm going to call one of those in next because I want to try it and see if learning to ride the unicycle makes that easier. Yeah. 
Um, the Z board, by the way, is an electric skateboard with no controller. Yeah. It's pads. I think that, I think that fundamentally, I think having your hands free makes it more interesting. Mm. I, the unicycle with the seat makes it easier to ride. At least the, it seems like it was, would be easier to ride than stuff like the solo wheel. Um, I, there's just a social stigma with the unicycle. I mean, it's super fun, but you do look like an incredible nerd. Um, there's no way to ride that thing and look, you can look graceful, but never cool is kind of what my wife said. I think she's probably right. That sounds right. Um, my daughter's transfixed by it. <laughs> she says, dad, go ride unicycle all wow, the time. Wow. So like maybe she's going to go join, grow up and join the circus. I don't know. <laughs> um, it's the kind of thing that I think would be embraced by Cirque du Soleil. They're always messing with new rideables. I, dude, I want it for cosplay. I want it for... To be what? Um, think about all those robots with one wheel on the bottom. You could be Rosie from the Jetsons. You could be... Gizmo uh, Duck <laughs> hmm? from DuckTales. Gizmo Duck from DuckTales. Uh, there's a couple Futurama robots that have one wheel and kind of swing around. Like, there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of options for that. Uh, anyway, uh, that's the SBU. I'm going to send it back in a couple weeks. And, and uh, uh, it's been a fun thing to learn how to ride. Um... The Empow Streambot. Why? Um, I don't know what this I, is. It's a Wirecutter did a, a test of like car accessories um, for, oh. for putting radio in like cars. If the you Bluetooth have, ones? Bluetooth ones if you do not have an aux check. Oh. I do not have an aux check, and I've been using um, a, Wait, a, a tape deck. I have a Parrot thing that does the same thing. They make like, do you know about that? Is that what it is? It adds Bluetooth to your car? Well, this doesn't. So I didn't want to go into my car and, and take it open just yet. Okay. And this is actually an accessory that is an FM transmitter. Oh, it's one of okay. The best ones I've used. No kidding. So um, it's funny you mentioned that because I bought the aux plug that they recommended last, mm-hmm. which is I think the Himbox uh, HM something or other. It's on the site. I can't remember. Yeah. The iClover, boy, it's listed as wire cutters pick when you go to Amazon now. Wow. It's the iClover Himbox HBO1 Bluetooth 4.0 hands-free car kit with an aux jack. I actually really don't like it. Huh. Um, but it's because of the way my car's wired. So my car, when I flip on the cigarette lighter, the cigarette lighter is always hot in my mm-hmm. car. Mm-hmm. It doesn't turn on when you turn on the car. And that thing is designed to flip on when you turn turn on when you turn on the car, and that's when it like seeks out your your um, your okay. phone. And there's no easy way to connect it if you don't. Uh, basically, I unplug it and replug it every time I get in the car, wow. so which sucks. Yeah. And this the thing that's like cool about this. It, my car unfortunately does not power the the cigarette, or what actually what happens is it, the the FM the expensive part of it, which is the FM transmitter Bluetooth thing, that actually detaches from the cigarette plug-in why so you can take it out i can hide it when i'm not using it in the car so it doesn't get stolen so it doesn't get stolen so people don't look in, in your you car you think people like, smash your window to get a 20 dollar thing they they think it's more expensive th- i guess that's yeah fine. exactly yeah. Um, i take my zojirushi out of the car when i park it here yeah so i can it actually just pops off and they just see like a stump in the cigarette lighter um and does have usb pass-through so i can still charge usb oh that's good wired is it a one amp charger uh yes okay uh and then uh, the FM stuff is as good as FM can sound, so it's still not going to be as good as a direct line in. Uh, but if you're listening to a podcast, it's perfect. Does the does the FM? How does it handle? Like the problem I always had with FM transmitters when I used them in San Francisco was that we have like there's not a lot of room on you the radio find, spectrum. You have to find one. Do you have to change it around a lot, or it, does it? No, I, I, you, I found one that I drove from here to LA, mm-hmm. no problem. Oh, that's good. That's awesome. And does it connect automatically with Bluetooth to your phone? Yep. 
That's nice. You know, I, the thing I use is called the Parrot MKI 9200, and it's a direct connection, but you need to have it installed right. it, or you do it yourself. Does but it plug into like the CD changer port on the back of your head unit? Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, but they sell different harnesses based on your head unit and what you got, but yeah. it, it gives you a direct connection. So if you get fed up with the F- FM yeah. limitations. And that's probably better quality too. Yeah. Oh, it'll yeah. sound good. Yeah. sounds good. Um, the, it's funny, the old, the, so the fact that in the old days when, din, when, when head units and stereos and cars were like a, di, that din or double din size right. and they weren't integrated in the dashboard, like that was, I always had a non-factory stereo. Yeah. I remember that. I mean, I remember mine. Yeah. yeah. And cause it, well, cause it wasn't that hard to take them out. It wasn't that hard to swap them out. Even you could just, you know, you pop the dashboard That's off. That's why everybody stole them. Pull the thing out. Well, you just had to yank it from the, Good. yeah. Cause they were modular. They just That's true. Yeah. Yeah. So now I guess they're all integrated in the, in the dash of the car. It's much harder to put a head unit in now. Um, anyway, uh, dead core. I don't know what this is. Okay. So I don't know. I discovered this game on steam. It was recommended to me by their algorithm mm-hmm. and I love it. Uh, what is it? So do you remember when you used to play first person shooters and you had, there, it wasn't just puzzle solving and it wasn't um, just kind of aim auto aiming and running around, but there was an actual element of physical agility to your fingers moving and timing yeah. and, and, you know, hitting the, the jump puzzles in just the right spot and shooting in the air. This is a puzzle first person shooter, but Ooh. it's unlike portal. So it's not really, there's a, there's thinking involved, but it's more of a timing based thing where you're jumping through obstacles uh-huh. and onto platforms and avoiding these drones that come at you and you have to shoot them to disable them for a moment while you get enough time to finish the puzzle. It's extremely challenging, but when you're when you get through a level, you feel like you've actually physically just done something. Huh. Acrobatic. Yeah, it's very much like that. It, it aesthetically, it looks like a Tron in the sky. Okay. So it's is a very, it like like Q three space maps kind of d- design, or uh, it looks more like you mean like Quake three space yeah. stuff. It's more like uh, it looks more like Unreal Engine stuff to me. Okay. I don't know what engine they're using, but it's it looks better than than Quake three for sure. Cool. Um, but well worth your time if you if you if you like that game. I realize a lot of people hate jumping puzzles and they would rather play a thinking shooter that kind of thing. But this is unlike any shooter I've played in quite a long time. That's awesome. Well, what's it called? Dead Core. Dead Core. Um, have you guys played GTA five? Yeah. Oh yeah. I played on PS3. I, I played I, on Xbox 360, mm-hmm. but I'm is, also playing on PC. It is so good. On yeah. PC. I, I checked it out on PC. I just don't know if I'm up for that again. That's a big commitment. Time. Commitment. Um, so the thing I found as somebody who played through about 80% of the game before is that I've been able to blast through most of the, most of the, like basically I'm just not doing side missions on the part of the game that I've already played. So I'm just going straight through the main storyline. It's that's actually pretty fast. Um, See, I it's did, gorgeous. <laughs> I did that the first time. I figured if I was going to play it again, I would just do everything. So it's an even bigger commitment. Oh. It is stunningly gorgeous. Yeah, it it's, runs real well on the PC. Yeah, yeah, sixty frames a second. They're proud of that. It's it's and it's like sixty frames a second on my on the wide display too, the twenty one by nine. No display. way. I'm I'm running one resolution down. Wow. But it's I mean it's it's pretty impressive. Four K looks good. It runs <clears> at that. Yeah, it it's runs like at 4K. it's like twenty one sixty by. Um, 1080 or something like 2560 by 1080. And the HUDs are not skewed or anything? They're like that? they're off to the side. But so they're not warped. No, they're not warped. They're cool. in the right places and they look right. Wow. Um, probably even better. I wish that the HUDs were I actually when I think about it, I think the HUDs are where they would be on a 16 by 10 monitor. Uh-huh. And so yeah, like when you have know. a cutscene or when you have a lot of times when you have a, like a pre-rendered cutscene or something, it'll scrunch in and it does a real gentle fade in from the from the side shots. Yeah. And then it kind of fades back out. 
It's it's a it's a gorgeous game. Like I I'm not a huge GTA fan, but I'm I'm really enjoying it. This is the best one. I I I it's my favorite. A lot of people like GTA 4, but it took a long time to get to the fun part. I didn't finish GTA 4. This is the only one besides the first GTA that I've liked so much you to finish and watch. GTA 3. Uh sorry, yeah, GTA 3. Yeah. The first GTA 3. Yeah, like this is a game that I enjoy enough that I just sit down and drive around for a minute if I have a few minutes to kill. I, I don't even try to, I just drive around and shoot some people or whatever. <laughs> um, have you actually tried to drive and follow traffic rules mm-hmm. in GTA? Yep. Do you I do that, for, I do. I do that for the first half hour. And then, okay. and then it gets, <laughs> and then I've had enough of it. And do you try it, to do speed limits or do you just stop at stoplights? Stop at stoplights, yeah. stop behind cars, make yeah. turns. What are, what's your control? Are you using mouse and keyboard or using gamepad? Mouse and keyboard. So I'm switching back and forth. Which I hear is the best way to do it. That is amazing. So I have a DualShock 4 hooked up to the PC. It supports it natively, I think. I don't even have to have the the, the Windows DS4 drivers running. Yeah. Um, and I drive with the controller, fly yeah. with the controller, shoot with the mouse and keyboard. It's fucking great. Any FPS? What do you mean? First person perspective? Yeah, it's for, oh yeah, they added first person perspective. Are you playing first yeah. person? You are. When I shoot, yeah. Not driving though. No, like. no driving is a I disaster like, first I person. I like doing first person in some of the driving because you can look at the person that when there are sequences. Yeah. Like you can see Lamar talking to you. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. That's interesting. Yeah, oh, animate, in the car? In the car, they animate all that. Wait oh, a minute. Man. How do you look though? You have to not be looking where you're driving. Yeah. Okay. Right. Seems dangerous. I just park on the side of the road and he's. Oh, it's fun. <laughs> you can see the. See Chop. I mean, you got to. Pull over to Inspiration Point with, with, uh, with Franklin. <laughs> you got to admire how much work they put into that. Yeah. that oh, first it's person ridiculous. Mode. It's nuts. Not it's a rid- game if you want to respect women or property rights, but. Yeah. GTA has traditionally not been about respecting women or property rights. You know, you can, you can buy property, I guess. Um, I'm using first person mode in the, in the flight stuff. So like all those air, those oh. flight school things where you have to fly through bridges and under bridges and stuff like that. Yeah. First person mode's a ton easier because you can actually, you have a much better perspective of depth, like yeah. where you are in relation to the thing you're about to smash into. I could see that. Um, I've been playing Mortal Kombat 10 yeah. a little bit too. Against people? No, fuck no. <laughs> Just story. Okay. Never, never play fighting games against people. It's a disaster. <laughs> um, it's, it's real chuggy on my computer. Um, really? Yeah. Huh. And again, at the at the one resolution down, I need to crank some stuff down That's further. Too bad. I I hit the GeForce Experience button and I hit optimize, and I would not describe my experience as optimized. So hopefully, That's we'll see funny. some more improvements. GTA there. is smooth, and like Mortal Kombat's not. It's weird because Mortal Kombat. I almost think it's a bug. Like you play one match and it's fine, and then there's a cutscene, and then after the cutscene, it's super super slow, like mm-hmm. like ten frames a second slow, which makes it almost unplayable. Um, so anyway, yeah, that's my Mortal Kombat update. Uh, do you want to talk about the Sony camera? You don't have it here today. Nope. We'll talk about it next week. Yep. Um, I think that's everything in what we've been testing. Let's, let's, uh, play some music, take a couple questions and we will call it a show. Emails? Well, but we do the other one. Emails. We don't do emails. We do emails. No, 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 no. Questions. Boom. If you have a question for this is only a test, the email address is podcast at tested.com. Please keep your questions brief and on topic. And we much prefer questions that aren't. Hey, guys, I need a new phone. Which one should I get? Um, our first question is actually, it's not a question. I'm not going to read the person's name because I don't want to get them in trouble. But I wanted to clarify something we said several weeks ago now mm. on the Virtual Minute podcast about REI and their return policy. Thanks, Jeremy. What? Um, 
we did when we say REI has an amazing return policy and they'll take stuff back for up to a year. That doesn't mean that you should use it as a way to demo or rent products from REI. That means that if you buy something and you want it to do one thing and you take it out and it doesn't do that thing, then you should take it back. But don't use it as like an extended at home showrooming. That's really sleazy. And like Costco, if you do that and take advantage of that, they will stop doing it. So, um, so that's that. Um, next question comes from Ross. He says, hey, guys, uh, this is super off topic, but you've answered these questions in the past and I found them very useful. Uh, myself and my wife are coming to the U.S. for a three week road trip in June, and we're planning to go to L.A., Vegas, the Bay Area and various national parks. I'd love for you guys to recommend activities, locations, etc., that would appeal to someone who's interested in similar things as yourselves. Also, and some ways say most importantly, could you run down your recommendations for places to eat in San Francisco and Las Vegas, especially as we will be spending the most time there? There's a hidden pizza place in Vegas, or did I just dream that? Thank you very much. Wow. Um, Vegas is easy. Make a reservation for Lotus of Siam. Go there. Uh, order stuff off the back two pages of the menu. It, you won't have anything that's bad. It's the best Thai food I've ever had. Wow. Um, I haven't been to Thailand. Full disclaimer. Um, Hidden Secret Pizza is in the Cosmopolitan on, I think, the third floor. It's next to a place that makes boozy milkshakes. Um, you have to go down a long Holsteins. hall. Holsteins, thanks. Um, I think it's good. If you're someplace that you can get good pizza normally, it's not going to blow you away. But it's if you don't have like good New York-style pizza, it is it is much better than I would have expected to get in Vegas. Um, what's, your, what's your San Francisco eat-out picks these days? I don't eat out that much in San Francisco anymore. There are too many. Well, um, I just had some friends come to town. Um, E-Boy, as a matter of fact. Mm-hmm. And I drove them around, and we had a good time. And I took them to La Taquiera ah. uh, on Mission Street, which was the Mexican restaurant that won Nate Silver's uh, countrywide search for the best burrito. Uh, yeah, and they have a good quesadilla there, too, right? Yeah, and apparently the tacos are wonderful. So that's good. Having a Mission-style burrito in San Francisco is a must-stop thing, I think. Um Somebody told me the other day that they're using Foursquare for restaurant recommendations now instead of Yelp, which I found very interesting. Makes sense. Um, anything, Norm? Nothing food? There's too many. I, I can't think of right now. There's a new pizza place opening that's supposed to be really good um, by close to the ballpark. I'm excited for that. Hmm. Oh. Chicken and Waffles is, uh, is uh, um, what's it called? Little Skillet? Little Skillet. It's on. to go weekend mornings. Where they actually brunch. inhabit a uh, They inhabit a, a bar. Right next to it, so you actually have a nice sit down. Yeah, you don't have to packed. sit. You don't have to sit on the loading dock anymore. Um, There's a place called the American Grilled Cheese Chicken. Uh, grilled, grilled Cheese, cheese Kitchen. Have you heard of it? Yeah, I've been I've there. Been there. It's, it's in the it's mission. Okay. Oh, you don't like it? I wasn't a fan. I just tried it for the first time, and I um, I thought it was incredible. But, uh, you know, to um, Tacalicious. I'm a big fan of going and getting an afternoon beer in Tacalicious and getting some of the um, the ahi tostadas. I think they're really good. They have oh, little fried, uh, fried green onions on top and avocado, and they're pretty delicious. Yeah, but yeah. like Norm says, they're expensive. Those are good, though. Um and you know it's like they have a nice bar you can sit down at the bar and have a beer and have some tostadas as an afternoon snack it's on Valencia um, as for things that you should see while you're driving through the country if you're driving from LA from Vegas depends on which way you're going if you're driving from Vegas, Vegas to LA and then up the coast it's a completely different set of things to look at than if you're driving from Vegas to San Francisco and then down the coast um, Big Sur Yosemite are both really gorgeous if you're driving You'll see one one way and one the other. Um, 
it's like Lake Tahoe is really pretty. Um, there's an awesome train museum in Sacramento if you like tra- trains at all. If you're going through like the area north of Vegas, you can go to the Area 51 Museum, which is or the the Nuclear Test Museum, which is super cool. Um, Hoover Dam tour, I've never been, but I've always heard really amazing things about that. Uh, there's uh, behind the scenes tours that you can do there too. I think if you sign up early enough, I don't know if they still do those or not. Um, I think that's it for me. I don't go to LA very much. What would you? Um, anything good at Lakshmi right now? Do you know? Yeah. Norm's just shaking his head. I don't know. Okay, more questions. By the way, you know, there's. In, did you ever see that Reese Witherspoon movie, Wild? I have not seen. I've not seen it yet. Heard well, the story. Uh, she uh, goes on a hike uh, about California, and her shoes go bad. She hikes up the Pacific Coast Trail. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And she calls the shoe the uh, company where she bought them, and uh, they send her new shoes. That's nice. nice. Which I thought was awesome for was, free. Yeah. She calls them from a payphone. The, the character that she's playing, Reese with not actual Reese. It's a, no, not actually. She actually <laughs> did the truth. walk. It was she was yeah. very method about it. Right. It was six months. Um, this question is from Faraday. Oh no, we already read this one. Sorry, I'm I'm looking going back. We haven't we haven't done questions in a while. The whole system's breaking down. Um, this is a good one. Steve says, "Hey guys, uh, this question is mainly for Norm, but feel free to chime in. I was wondering if you guys ever thought about doing a video segment just describing camera usage. I like to take photos as a hobby, but I'm using a Samsung Samsung NX20 mirrorless camera right now. I find myself going straight to the smart button as my default because I don't always understand the other things like aperture and exposure, to, uh, ISO and exposure and all that stuff. Um, it would be great to see what these settings do and how to use them in the properly." Um, and I love your living with photography post, but I feel like a more basic intro could be really useful. Um, I included this one because there was that there's that card going around social media right now that does a really good job of showing the difference between ISO exposure and shutter speed. Mm-hmm. Um, I think anything there was a, we have a ton of stuff in the archives. Actually, uh, if you send me an email, I'll send you links. Send me an email. Norman at tested.com. Um, this is about ring sizing. I mentioned this a few weeks ago when I lost my wedding ring. Uh, he says it is from, hold on. I just scrolled down. Tom says my father's a jeweler. I work with him in the store. Not much in terms of repairing though. I know how sizing works and play around with it sometimes. Usually when you're sizing a ring smaller, you cut out a piece of the ring and then you solder the ring back together, polish it so that it looks good. Um, it can be tricky because of sanding and stuff. If there's an engraving. So if that's the case, we hope the ring isn't engraved all the way around and there's enough of a gap to work with. Um, sometimes some places might also have an, a ring, an engraver that can work inside the ring and could just offer an option to, uh, engrave the ring over again. Um, so yeah, that's, a, that's how they size rings in most places. I should have weighed the ring before and after to see if Tiffany screwed me out of some platinum. Um, I guess that'll do it for today. Um, oh, one more. Timothy says, you guys love talking about VR. What about AR? Uh, what do you think about Microsoft's HoloLens and Magic Leap? Uh, the technology involved. Would love to hear what you think. Thanks. Uh, AR is still yet to be seen. It's yeah. I think there's a no one's seen Magic Leap essentially except by my technology review. Um, hopefully, see some HoloLens next week. Hopefully. Next week at yeah. Build. Um, but I, I think that. <coughs> AR is going to be less about giving you uh, fail. AR failing is going to be less about giving you headaches, as it, it's going to be about a very dis- unsatisfying experience. Like, like it won't it won't make you nauseous. It won't make you sick, 
but it just won't do anything that's useful. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I tend to agree. And it's further out. I think virtual reality is going to be an easier problem to solve. Yeah. I mean, one of the things Abrash said when he left Valve, where he was working on AR and went to Oculus, where he was working on VR, is that turns out AR is a much harder problem to solve. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, like I said, we're hoping to see HoloLens next week at Build. So we'll, we'll hopefully have more to talk about next week on the podcast. Um, I think that's it for this week. Anybody have anything else you want to talk about before I wrap it up? Uh, today's outro comes from Evading Fate. Uh, Norman, you're at Enchan on Twitter. Jeremy, you're at Jerware. Yes, at Jerware. Anything else you want to plug? Um, Got anything right now? Goodness, no. Nothing coming in hot? No. Um, we have some cool projects planned with you for the coming weeks. Yeah. Great. And we'll talk about them more. Surprises. Um, are you going to go buy a... Uh, Which is really a big favor to me. That One of them with things you're talking about is a huge favor. I appreciate it. Well, we'll be even at the end yeah. of this, I think. Um, what? Are you going to buy a... $19 quadcopter. Sub $20 nanoquad. Did you quad. say where to buy these? Yeah, they come from Banggood. So, uh, B-A-N-G-G-O-O-G. It's called... I was going to look it up, and I stopped because I was doing it. Is it this stuff. one? The, the yeah, CX-10A? 109A or 10A. Yeah, the A is the important part. Um, it's a pretty nifty little quad. You're much better at flying it than I am, Jeremy. To the camera, to the camera. Yeah, but then yeah. it'll strafe that stuff. It'll. It see won't. you guys next time. Today's outro comes to you from Evading Fate. We'll see you all next week. Bye. Bye. Hi there, I didn't see you. That's it. Hover right in front of the lens. I tried. This exacto is really gross after the thing we did with Frank. It's not been on the site yet. Oh, whoa, whoa. Ah. Uh, my son uh, wrote a joke this morning. What was the joke? Cracked me up. What, how do aliens access the internet? I don't know, Jeremy. How do aliens access the internet? Sci-fi, Wi-Fi. That's pretty, that's how your son is eight. He's eight. That's pretty good for an eight-year-old. Great. I yeah. think that's pretty good. That's pretty good. We'll allow it. See you guys next week. <laughs>